Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with Andrew Velez, Joel Dells. And this is now episode 191. In this episode, we're going to talk about KD's trade request, the Jets offseason with DJ, a potential Subway series, reacting to Deshaun Watson's hearing and giving our predictions for the NFC North, and a quick YouTube member and Patreon shout out to Phantom Wolf, Danko Hawkins, Matthew Jimenez, Nick Achapa, Vincent, Kobe, Jordan, Tua is amazing, love you, Drew, Traylon Burks, Rookie of the Year, MG Nas, UK Bulls, J-Love, Clear, Zach W, Cole Larson, Darius Garland's next, Alexander, Nazir, Dwayne, Rivers a Gorgeous Man, Travis, Drew's the Goat, Holmes, Nyree, your boy Nick, Jake the Snake, Corrupt, I'm talking about Mr. Moran, Dylan, Afosa, Mason, win in silence and make them think you're losing, Gentile Drew, Cade MVP, Mark, SP4Z Shot, Jordan What, Evan, Dylan, Joel is the GOAT, Mayo, Andre, Peter, Daniel, Ben, Ruthless Rootster, Kill Moves, Joel B, Eagle Dollar, Tizzy, Corey, Get Funkoed, Dylan, Playboy, Orlando, Big Chuck, Michael, Cole, Liam, T Grove 17, Tua Sucks on Ka, Ryan, Epic Lankiness, It's Black Ace, Anthony, BJ, PJs, Langston, Jazzy Juice, Johannes, Dave, Muffins, John, Sean Triplett, Burner Hoops, Court Cousins, P. Dot, Hakari, and Jay Aqua. Good old Jay Aqua. Let's get into it, y'all. So Let's now we it. know who it was about. That was, was hilarious. Nah, that was crazy. That was hilarious. Did you did you hear it last episode? Yeah, yeah, I did. I'm sure this, everyone is did. Is this Steph Curry poster new? It is. It is new. So yeah, I, don't, I haven't been new. here in a couple weeks. Yeah, you yeah. got surge comment on all my boom fantasy shout boom fantasy TikTok saying Joel left pick a side. Joel left pick a side. The guy doesn't quit, man. I'm not here for two weeks. He I don't know persistent. how to act. Sure. I know his we, basketball's just been busting. It really has. It's been. It's been a great couple. So is Curry. He's officially taken over the new Kobe. You understand what I'm saying by that? Like when you shoot a, a paper in a, a basket, you don't yell Kobe no more. I feel it's like no, yeah, it's that's still Kobe. Kobe. I think for me, it's but, still but I feel Kobe. like that's what this is representing right now. Okay, I didn't even think about it. Like yeah, that. I, I just bought it because it looked cool. I mean, of I didn't course, think about it that much. <laughs> I'll be honest. But we have a special guest on the show, DJ, who so, covers the New DJ. York Jets or used to cover the New York Jets on New York Daily News. We appreciate you for coming on the show, man. Hundred percent, man. Thank you. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, we supposed to, you know, have this happen earlier in the week, but, you know, things happen. But, you know, I'm a man of my word, so here we are. Real, so, real. Yes, sir, and we were going to talk about the Jets, and had Kevin Durant not requested a trade, that would have happened. Oh, oh, <laughs> that it, was man. one of the top destinations, you're right. I don't want to hate Miami. We don't, we don't need that. We don't need that at all. But Kevin Durant requested a trade. Now, let's brainstorm, you know, where he can possibly go. I know his preferred destinations are the Suns and the Heat. But just give me your quick thoughts on what did you think about him requesting a trade and where he can go. DJ, I'll start with you because you are really on this KD to Miami bandwagon. But what are your thoughts on him requesting a trade um, all in all? Um, I think it's just more that shows that the Nets organization is, uh, I always wear a laughing stock, but <laughs> like, there's a lot of like toxicity and dysfunction within it. Mm-hmm. You know, that make Katie want to just get away from it. And I and I think it stems not even I mean, yeah, like a lot of it starts with Kyrie, but just like how the Nets kind of handled that entire situation too, right? Where like you have a firm, all right, um, you can't be a part-time player, either you get the shot or not, and then they change your mind. 
that kind of threw you, once that happened, you saw how that kind of like threw a lot of things um, out of the loop. You know what I'm saying? Then the, obviously the James Harden trade, yada, yada, yada. Um, so KD wants to get out of there and go to a place where he can win. Uh, you know, um, the best place for that is obviously the Miami Heat. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hoping that happens. You know what I'm saying? If he goes to the Heat, I'm gonna be unbearable on Twitter. What's unbearable. what's that package looking That's like? That's a fact. Then? That's what I'm curious about too. Because it's either you you lose Bam or you lose Jimmy. I'm sure you, you don't that's lose not, either. That's not a thing you want, right? So I think they 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 can give up Bam, but they have to take back Simmons because just some contract stuff or whatever. Okay. Of, uh, some I feel Bobby Marks from ESPN talked about it, but like if that's what it takes to get KD. I'm good with that. Yeah, it's, it's, Kevin, Durant. Sure. it's really, Kevin Durant. It's send, Kevin Durant. Send, 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 I mean, I mean, to be honest, like the Heat, it, I don't know who can beat the package surrounding like Bam and Hero and then like some draft picks. I don't know who can beat that package. Like, I'm, I'm just honest. Like, maybe Unless like Celtics all from Jalen Brown. That's the only thing I could think. Oh of. yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, right. But they're not gonna do that. You're I don't. That? You know, You're doing I, that. I don't think. I think you have to add on to this core we have. I, I don't think you split it up and trade JB if plus. You, get you can KD, get a picks too. It's you not, but the thing is, if, if, if they're if, willing to give up JB, it's going to be more than just JB. It's yeah, JB and picks yeah, and yeah. some role players. Like Keep that core together. Keep that core together. Yes. Like We were just Keep two games together. away from winning the finals. I think you add on to the Celtics core. You don't break it up, even if you can get Kevin, Kevin Durant, because we've seen multiple times KD will leave out of the blue, out of nowhere, when you're expecting him to stay, expecting him to be an <laughs> integral part of your organization when Tatum and JB have shown, we want to be here, we want to ride for Boston. The only package I feel like that rivals Miami would be the Phoenix Suns. You have DeAndre in, Mikel Bridges, maybe Cam Johnson. Right. I'm not too sure if right. that's what you want to add in. Multiple first round picks. That's the only yeah. one that really rivals Miami's as of right now. But to speak to a little bit of what you were saying about the Nets and them not, you didn't want to go as far to say that they were sorry. It, it's it's looking pretty bad for them. Now, now let's go look at the picks that they have to get that they did give up to acquire James Harden. They're gonna be a hell. 2023 first round pick swap, 2024 first round pick, 2025 first round pick swap, 2026 first round pick, 2027 first round pick swap. Every single one of these are unprotected. The Nets are going to be in hell for years to come. I tweeted this. They made the Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce trade twice. They did They're the, the same only thing. franchise they that can do something twice. like this. And you look at it from this perspective. Yes, 100% I'm with you. If Miami gets them, they're scary. If Phoenix gets them, it's scary. I'm not trying to think of situations right now where KD would go and he'd automatically make them better. I'm trying to not think about that. Where I want Kevin Durant to go is Portland. You you add Kevin Durant to this Portland squad that's clearly been trying to do everything they can to benefit Damian Lillard. All their offseason moves have been singly done to benefit Damian. And by bringing Kevin Durant to Portland... There's there's ways that they can make this happen. They could trade, you know, their draft picks that they just acquired this year. They can trade future assets that they acquired. Um, my point being is Damian Lillard has been so loyal to the city of Portland. He deserves this. And you pair Kevin Durant with Damian Lillard. That's an intriguing duo. Becomes yeah. immediately one of the best duos in the league. He goes to Phoenix. If I'm going to be honest, I'm not in love with it. Just for the fact that you're losing Mikhail, you're losing Aiden. Yes, you'd have a great is Booker going to be in that deal too? Like, there's nah, conversations with that. They like, just gave the whole mil. the whole point would be to have Booker, KD, and yes, Chris Paul is is getting older. But regardless of that fact, he's shown a, a great amount of longevity. That three would be great, but I do worry about the defensive side of the ball, yeah. especially when you're giving him Mikhail. Ultimately, I'm annoyed that he requested a trade. I don't disagree <laughs> um, at all because he just signed a four year max contract, and then 
without even playing a year of his contract, he's requesting a trade already. Already, I thought when Kyrie opted into his deal, he was going to stay in Brooklyn. They were going to try to run it back one more year. For sure. And the reason why um, I don't like it is because I feel like every decision Kevin Durant makes, at least in terms of where he's going to play basketball, outside of Golden State, has been a terrible decision. Because you go to Brooklyn to team up with Kyrie Irving, it doesn't work out in the way that you want it to work out in. And now you're requesting a trade and your top two destinations are the Phoenix Suns and the Miami Heat. This current Brooklyn Nets roster is better than what the Suns would look like if they trade for KD and lose DeAndre Ayton, Cam Johnson, and Mikael Bridges. I don't, I don't hate that it's, take. It's, what it's is a, going on? I don't hate that 100% take. 100% of fact. I don't hate would that take. Would you rather have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, Joe Harris, a good Seth. like Bruce Brown, Seth. good role players, Seth, Curry, for Seth sure. Curry, or would you rather go to Phoenix and it's just KD, Booker, Chris Paul, who last time in the playoffs we saw him, he was sorry he looked for age. four to five games. For the first time in a while, he looked his age. And then you don't have any center. Who, who is it? Bismack Biombo? JaVale. JaVale. Uh, he's a free agent currently. Facts. You have no he's wing not depth. Back either. Like your starting lineup is Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Jay Crowder. I don't know who starts at the five. And the depth is just completely shot. You're disagree. relying on Landry Shamblin and campaign. That's why, to me, I think he has a better shot to win with the Nets, with this roster, than with the Suns. And on top of that, if Kevin Durant goes to the Suns, I don't put them over the Clippers with Kawhi and PG. Kawhi and PG is a better duo than KD and Devin Booker. And they have That's more nice. depth That's than nice. the Suns. And then you look at the Warriors. I don't know about that. The Warriors are not yeah, going yeah, anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And don't sleep on Dallas to get Kyrie Irving for, either. Was, oh, I thought you were just going to say Christian Wood. Just him and Luka. No, don't sleep on Dallas <laughs> to get Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I did see that with nah, Brunson leaving. Brother. But do you feel the same yeah. way about... I feel like if he went to Miami, regardless of what they'd give up, they are... St- Super deep. They course. would get they would get Ben Simmons back though, and I, and true. honestly, I trust Miami because I mean Miami has shown that every year they manage to get role players out of guys who come out yeah, of nowhere. One of the best organizations. Gabe Vincent, Max Strus, and they just resigned Victor Oladipo. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. That's a very good move. I think that's a very good move. That's why for me it it just makes no st- sense from a basketball standpoint to leave Brooklyn. I don't know what happened. I don't know why he requested a trade, um, but. It just feels like everything's going downhill for the Nets. I'm pretty happy about that as a Knicks fan. But also, I feel like it all starts with making Steve Nash the head coach. I feel like if Ty Lue was their current head coach, this this does not happen. Well, the Nets said they don't need to be coach. Kyrie and KD said we don't need a coach. We could figure it out by ourselves. Was KD a part of that? I, it was Kyrie, but KD uh-huh. was on the call. I guess he was kind of like saying you're bugging yeah, he, me. But, and but my guy, no. And my guy right now, James Harden, looks like a genius for getting out of that situation early. He knew it was coming. He goes to Philly. He's finally going to have an offseason to to really get into his workout regiment. MVP Harden's back. He's going to be an all-NBA performer next year. They just added DeAnthony Melton, the, the one of the best 3-and-D players in the league, and P.J. Tucker. I mean, come on. Philly's going to win a championship <laughs> next year. That, that's what I'm going with right now. So let's say the KD gets traded to the Heat. What's that starting five look like? And if the, it is that starting five... <laughs> Are they the favorites in the East? Well, Kyle Lowry, Lowry, Jimmy Jimmy Butler, Butler, Max Schroes, KD, and uh, maybe like Yurtsevin at the five. five. What do you think, DJ? Or Bam. I mean, not Bam. Or or Simmons. I mean, like. Yeah, if they get Simmons. Simmons. Getting Simmons would be insane. Does that put you, you feel confident? I mean, you just took the Celtics to seven. You got a healthy bug. Yeah, I'll tell you what. You get get KD. That team win the championship in like five games. (laughs) If if Miami gets KD, they're the favorites to come out of the East. 
Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. They're the favorites to win the championship. Uh, the West is strong. Golden State's still Golden State. The Clippers are a team the to look out for. With, listen, the Heat with Lakers KD. get Kyrie. You're going to hear me chat. The Heat with KD. Like, that's like. The heat with KD. Nah, he, Heat with KD it's, it's, is amazing it's because he's surrounded by a bunch of really good defenders. Losing PJ definitely hurts more than, than Heat fans will allow them to, to believe. And you're losing Bam also, who is one of the most versatile defenders yeah, but, in but, the but, NBA. But Simmons is arguably one of the best. Fair? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Simmons can like, fill the bam. That's something that I just don't yeah. think about. Simmons is yeah. going to be a part of that trade, which is crazy. But the Nets probably want to keep Simmons. It sounds like so. I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah, what yeah, would your team be? He's at the that point? one person that they like want to keep. So, which is I, wild to me. Very on brand for the Nets. However, I support it as I'm You're a Ben Simmons supporter. Truther. But Drew, you hit it right on the money. If I, if I was, if I was picking where Katie goes, I would say Portland. I, I think Portland. I love it. I don't know if they win a championship. I agree. But I definitely like that brand of basketball more. Um, these are KD trades that I have. So I only have three teams. We're not going to go over a lot. So first one is the Suns. It's Mikel Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, Cam Johnson, and multiple picks. Kevin Durant goes to Phoenix. They now have a big three of Chris Paul, KD, and Booker. And now the Brooklyn Nets have a starting lineup of Ben Simmons, Mikel Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, Joe Harris, uh, Cam Johnson, if he starts to come off the bench, Seth Curry could start. That lineup doesn't sound too bad, and I think the Nets can work with that. The next team is the Heat, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, I think might be involved in that deal, yeah. and some picks. And then the Blazers, Anthony Simons, Shaden Sharp, and picks for KD. You know, the Nets get two young players, Shaden Sharp, who has um, arguably the highest upside in his class, and then multiple picks on that. Those are three deals that I think are realistic and that could possibly happen. But I don't know where KD goes. Quite, quite, quite frankly, and like this is this is shocking. To it's me. different from a lot of other superstars because he has. We saw the four year contract. He doesn't have a no trade clause. So fifteen plus teams, well said, already reached out to the Nets. Yeah. It's not like KD could say I prefer to go to the Nets or the or uh, the Suns or the Heat. But at the end of the day, the Nets could take whatever the best package is and send them off. That's honestly middle. weird that KD didn't have a no trade clause in his contract. Very weird. Yeah, usually star players have that so yeah. they can pick where they want to go. That is that is a very Ah, yeah. uh, KD, KD, KD. <laughs> this is a really good day for me. Really good day for me because I've just been on the side of understanding how little you can trust Kevin Durant and his decision making. Now we're re- we're I do feel bad for Nets fans. Shout out to my guys Max, Kevin, Sean. Unfortunate JC of course. Unfortunate for you guys today. This is not news that you wanted to hear. But I've been trying to tell you guys and warn you guys, you cannot trust Kevin Durant. I mean, it's all he's shown since his time leaving OKC, joining Golden State, betraying Golden State to a degree as well, going to the Nets. He betrayed himself, now, to be honest. I'm not going to disagree too much he about that. He should have just came to the Knicks in the first place. He should, And this is completely unbiased as well. He should have went to the Boston Celtics when he had the chance. Yeah, but he would have probably ended up leaving the Celtics too. Low-key. But, I mean, with that young core, the future picks, the future assets that you guys had at the time— yeah. KD fits in seamlessly with you guys, and he still could be on the squad right now. Who knows? Who knows if we even draft Tatum? You could have. I know, but also, like, if we had KD, we right. trade down. Full, like, who knows what happens I disagree. That. While we're talking, I understand that a, a, a gazillion free agent moves are happening, but we're definitely going to recap them, like, towards the end of the show. No doubt. Um, moving on from Kevin Durant and the Nets. Um, DJ's on here because he used to cover the Jets. He's leaving the New York Daily News now. He's not able to announce his next destination. But just want to say, you did an amazing job covering the team. Sure. Give him a round of applause. Yeah, he deserves it for sure. 
you did an amazing job covering the team this past season. And honestly, me, I'm a big Zach Wilson guy. So I just want to know how he's been looking at in training camp and mini camps. What are you what are you expecting from Zach Wilson this upcoming season? Uh, so like throughout OTAs and stuff like that. I mean, he, he obviously he looked better in a sense of knowing where to go with the ball, knowing how to read the defense. Um, one thing that the Jets really focused on in offseason was improving his eye placement because that was an issue last year. Like he knew the plays. It's just okay when a certain play is called. Where should my eyes go? Not pre-snap, post-snap, yada, yada. But, like, usually in the, in the Jets, often they want you to read a specific defender and then go off of that versus, like, reading, like, what coverage are they in and then trying to, you know, execute the play through those lens. But, no, just read it through the lens of the way Michael Ford is trying to uh, have you read it. And that was an adjustment for Zach. So I think he did a better job of operating that in that setting. Um, what I expect, I don't really expect, like, this massive week that a lot of Jeff fans are expecting. Like I'm expecting like him to become like a solid, a solid quarterback. And what's funny is like Jeff fans are expecting like this massive leap, but like people in the building aren't expecting that. They're expecting a typical progression for a quarterback. So like obviously last year he was very bad. And they're they're hoping that this year he can become like solid, competent, and then you see where he can go after that. Right. So I think that's where they're kind of at right now. Um so that's kind of what I'm expecting is him to go from being obviously one of the worst quarterbacks in the league to now being competent. Yeah. Let me tell you, DJ, this is not what these two guys wanted to hear at all. Um, According to who? No, oh, you're you're happy to hear that? What he had to say right now? No, I know what I'm expecting from Zach Wilson. I'm not expecting oh. to be a top 10 oh, quarterback. I'm not year. saying that no, he's yeah. saying that he's no, going to be top 10. 10. Just saying, you want to take oh, you want to take top a, 15? A, yeah, he has to. Yeah, I want, if he's like a stat line like Carson Wentz was last year. What I do like to hear from what you're saying is, Eye placement, 100%. Your eyes right. during the play need to be drawing the defense away from where your actual read's going to be. 100%, that's a huge No, part. no, no, not, that's not what they want. They, like, his eyes need to be where the play is designed for it to be, right? Okay. So, like, they're reading a specific defender and then going off of that, right? Mm-hmm. Versus what you're talking about, that's what he was doing last year. Okay, I understand what you're saying now. That's not what, that's not how... This scheme is attacked. I mean, that's that's not how this scheme attacks defenses. Okay. It's, like, well, are there some plays where it's going to be like that? Yeah, but like sometimes certain plays, like you don't even need to know where the safety's at. You just need to know where the backers are and then read off of that. Or you just need to know what the corner is doing and go off of that. There were just For sure. times where Zach would like be looking at like safeties, trying to see what coverage they're in, trying to get all this information and then try to execute the play pre and post snap. When in reality, you don't need to do all that. Okay, I understand what you're saying. I want to see Zach Wilson have like four or five Tennessee Titans-esque games this upcoming year. That's four not or five? Yes. I, it, just, I mean, that's just not realistic, though. You don't four think so? Well, didn't he, he had two of those. Well, not not like he had Tennessee. one of those. Tennessee yeah, and, the, and the Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers, he had a really good the game. The Buccaneers, Buccaneers game is, 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 like is, is I'm not saying game. it wasn't Tennessee, but it's he's saying-esque. Which I agree. You want oh, him to okay. play up to that yeah. state. Oh, no, yeah, I'm, no, yeah, okay, I'm talking cool. about like I'm watching I'm trying and to I'm meet in the middle and here, I, man. I'm watching and I'm yeah, jumping yeah, yeah, off like, of I'm jumping yeah, off yeah, of I'm, my I'm sorry, couch. Yeah, it's, like, tough. I mean, it's tough. It's yeah. tough, especially because what to to Zach Wilson's credit, towards the end of the season, he definitely was a lot smarter with his decision making. We didn't see him yes. turn the ball over at all. So 
to look at his earlier uh, part of his rookie season, yes, he was horrible. And to compare it to his second half, you will take that, and it's leaving you optimistic towards next season. Where I am excited for this Jets offense is that you guys surrounded him with weapons now, true weapons. Garrett Wilson paired with now Corey Davis, who does not have to be a true number one. That's a responsibility of a top 10 pick in a Garrett Wilson. You can rely on Elijah or, Moore's going to be a wide receiver too, I think. And I didn't even mention one. Elijah Moore, who has the potential to be a wide receiver one in this offense as well. Braxton Berrios being your wide receiver four and we have is good great. Tight ends now. And Brees Hall being your running back, where Mike Carter, who's a bit undersized at the running back position, does not have to be that every down back. Yeah. Brees is more than like, capable of being that guy. My Surrounding re- him with those weapons is going to allow Zach to do like well. My realistic expectations for Zach is like 24 touchdowns, nine picks next year. That's very Carson Wentz. Uh, but how's that top 15 quarterback? Um, it's it's not, but projection wise, <laughs> it, it can be. I think, I'm I'm just saying, like for example, DJ. Um, at the end of the year, I want to be able to confidently say Zach Wilson. Yeah, he's better than Jalen Hurts. That's fair. Why is that the bar though? Jalen Hurts isn't even in the AFC. Nah, but Jalen Hurts is I like the fifteenth Hurts... best quarterback no, 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 in no, the no. NFL. To me, Jalen Hurts is like eighteenth esque. He's like Eesh, he's that's he's disrespectful. Like, he's top twenty. I think I want to be able to say Zach Wilson, yeah. I see that he's far better than Jalen Hurts. The most important thing for Zach is going to be consistency. Because I don't want to fall in the Sam Darnold trap where, just like Darnold had great games against like the Packers and Cowboys where we have these moments, but overall we just get stuck in this and don't see the 95% where he was terrible. I don't want to fall in the same trap with Zach Wilson. I want him to be consistent week in and week out. Even if he's not putting on three, 400-yard games like he did against Tennessee and these crazy throws, I understand it's amazing. 297, excuse me. He just needs to be consistent, be smart with the ball, and show progression through that. But what I wanted to ask you, DJ, we talked right before we started recording, you said, oh, it's June 30th, the Jets are just the Jets, and that's for a lot of reasons. But I think the most unique thing about the Jets is that I think their most popular person isn't even on the team. I think it's Joe Douglas. I know we have Colin Coward going on his radio show saying the Jets got a superstar. It's their GM. So what, what is what is he like when you're asking him questions at the podium or at the draft? What's just kind of his persona, his personality? What what made him so special? Yeah, he's pretty sly. Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he won't reveal anything for the most part. Like, he's really good at navigating everything and talking in generalities, which is what you really want from your GM. Um you know, even though things still can get leaked from time to time, but like you're not gonna get anything out of him. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Might be people around him that might leak some stuff. But Jody's cool, man. Like this, as I said on on other podcasts, like uh, a lot of people in the Jets building are like good, you know, cool people, good people. You know what I'm saying Salah's Salah's awesome. Michael Ford is cool to talk to. Jeff Olbrich is hilarious to talk to. Um, Tony Odin is funny. You know what I'm saying? Like it's they got good people in in, in that building. Joe D, um, he obviously knows what he's doing. We just got to see if his plan comes to fruition. Because um, obviously, you know, he he's in theory he set the team up with a lot of on paper, good, sure, on paper. But like, you know, it's all on paper, right? If let's say Garrett Wilson can't play and Jermaine Johnson is just okay and Sauce is just okay and uh, who's other who they had had they took somebody. Else. Nice. Well, yeah, you know, what I'm saying Brees is like is above average, then like this draft class isn't as special as it was portrayed to be, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, and if DJ Reed is, isn't as good as he was in Seattle, then, you know, Joe D doesn't really doesn't look good anymore. You know what I'm saying? So like um, on paper, he's done a really good job, but at the end of the day, it's going to come down to what happens on the field. All right, DJ, let me ask you really quick for the Jets. 
I'm getting a, I don't want to say pessimistic because pessimistic seems a little bit strong, but it seems from what I'm gauging is you have your worries about the Jets going into the season. I want to get a sense of what, you get a ton of shit on Twitter for it. Too. What, do you, what are your worries with the Jets going into this 2022 season? And on the other side, what are some positives that you feel with this Jets team right now? So, I mean, I'm not, I don't really have a pessimistic view. It just depends on what you expect from them. Like, I don't think any Jet fan is like expecting playoffs for the most part. Like the majority aren't really expecting that. Um, I think my views and their views kind of all align in a similar bubble. Like I expect them to be in a playoff in the, in the hunt, like yeah. in, the, in the hunt to be in the hunt. You know I know what, what you're saying. saying. Be, you know, yeah. Like an so eight and eight, like, seven and nine, one like of those. Like the Dolphins and stuff. Yeah. That's, that's pretty yeah, accurate. Exactly. Right. Cause like, cause you know, even though the Dolphins don't make playoffs often, but they're usually in that quote unquote hunt towards the end where you have hope. Right. And then they just fall towards the end because hello to the Dolphins. So um, I think that the Jets can be in that range, like without question. Um, my, you know, quote unquote, pessimistic view is just, okay, a lot of this has to come together. And you're asking a lot of your young talent. Like you're asking for the Jets to be a playoff contender, you're going to need Zach to take a massive leap, Elijah to take a massive leap, Elijah Red Tucker to take a massive leap, Brees to hit the ground running, Garrett Wilson hit the ground running, um, Jermaine Johnson to really like stand out year one along with Carl coming back off the Achilles injury and just really stand out. And then sauce being a above average corner as a rookie, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just a lot to ask. Like, I think half of those things are possible in, in which order. I don't know, but I think half of those things are possible. Like I could see a scenario where Brees is really good. Um, um, you know, Zach takes a massive leap, like, but it, it's all, it's all just depending, you know what I'm saying? Um, so what I do like what they could be, I think they could be a top, 16 defense where if you're a top yeah. 16 defense you're going to be in a lot of games no doubt you know if you're, top, you're top 16 defense you're basically holding teams to 23 points or fewer and if you can hold teams to that you're always going to be in games you'll be able to steal some because if you could just score 24 or more you'll win a lot more games than you know than you're uh expected to you feel me so um i think that there's a chance that the defense can be better than the offense this year because wow. um, okay. i think there's yeah, yeah i think there's just more i think there's more ready to go talent on the defensive side, right? Like you got definitely DJ Reed, you have um Whitehead. You have Whitehead. You have Carl Lawson uh, coming back. You know, Carl Lawson coming back, JFM Quinn you have CJ Mosley. So like there's more like ready, like ready to go right now, talent defense side. I think there's more upside on the offense. So I think that, you know, the offense might be a little more combustible, but I think the defense could be a lot more consistent. And I think that it's going to be way better than it was last year. Last year obviously it was like terrible. Was it 32nd? Was it 32nd or 31? You know DJ going from both. going from thirty second to sixteen. That's, yeah, a, that's huge a huge W. Lead, yeah, huge W. And Robert Sala and San Fran did a similar thing. Uh, DJ, hearing you talk makes me realize that I can never become a reporter because <laughs> yeah. you're, you are so even keeled no and doubt. realistic about your views. Like you, you play the middle a lot. With me, right. I'm all in. I'm, I'm ready to <laughs> call. I'm ready to call Zach a franchise guy. <laughs> There's no way Garrett is a bust. Sauce is going to be a top 10 corner. He's going to be like Pats or 10. Like but like re- realistically, um, you make some good points about the offense because and this is what I was saying because a lot of people in the media on ESPN and stuff that when they talk about the Jets, they always like project us to like win 10 games. Like Robert Griffin said like 10 games and um, everybody talks about the Jets offense like it's already made. But the realistic right. part about it is that Garrett Wilson, we don't know what he's going to be. Corey right. Davis, his entire career has been 
at best a wide receiver too. I like Elijah Moore a lot, but he did have his injuries his rookie season. And CJ Uzama, Tyler Conklin, they're good, but they're bottom they're bottom twenty tight ends in the NFL. So really, our offense is filled with a lot of unknowns and question marks to the point that projecting Zach to have this monumental year two leap or for everything to come together this year, I think is a bit uh is a bit optimistic at least. Right. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think, um, in my opinion, I think uh, things that I am confident will happen with the offense is the running game be a lot better. Agreed. Elijah can get close to a thousand yards or eclipse a thousand yards. Um, I think that the tight end room is actually, actually going to be. It's obviously going to be a lot better, a lot more productive, and I think Zach should be at the bare minimum the top twenty quarterback in in, sure. in year one. You know, in year two because you got. I mean, it's not it's not gonna be hard to clear that bar because there's a lot of teams that have you know you know garbage at quarterback you feel yeah, me yeah. so it won't be hard for him to clear that bar um the only you know the only thing is okay what what type of numbers and success do the jets have to have for you everybody to feel like or the majority feel like you guys have a franchise you know he's the franchise guy like i keep i'm pretty steadfast that it's probably over 30 touchdowns four thousand yards combined because as even with 17 games, like getting 30 touchdowns in the season still isn't that easy. Like you gotta be for that sure. you gotta be that deal for the most part to get over 30 touchdowns. Like people talk bad about Kirk Cousins, and rightfully so, <laughs> but he still like gets you four thousand yards and 30 touchdowns each year. Yeah. Like he's consistently getting you that pass rating over hundred or almost hundred. Like that is hard to get from, from quarterbacks. That's why like it's hard for the Vikings to move on from him because it's like yeah, you you, you kind of hit your ceiling with him, but like you know, this is the ceiling is better than a lot. What it could be if you can't find a quarterback. Yeah. So I, I think- know that you're a you're a Dolphins fan. So I want to ask you these two questions before yes. you joined the Jets beat. Like, did you already did you have like hatred for the Jets before joining the beat? <laughs> and the second question is that do you categorize the Dolphins as one of those teams that have a garbage quarterback? Um. Hold on. Um. So I a hatred for the no, I never had a hatred for the Jets. Like that was pointless because the Patriots were the issue. 100 percent right? Yeah. Sure. So like why why would I have a like yes, a rivalry with the with the a rivalry with the Jets? Yeah. But like a hatred? No, like no, nah, I never had a hatred for them. Like I always paid attention to them. Like it was more like fun joust because my best friend is a Jets fan. Like we talk all the time. Like that's the only person that can get under my skin in terms of <laughs> you know. Jets I know what talk, you're saying. Right? Yeah. Like Dolphin talk because he knows what buttons to push. Um, and that's why like it was always you know when when Jeff fans would like throw you know shots at me about Dolphins and stuff like it's always rolled off my back because it's like I've heard way worse. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So that and then what I categorize the Dolphins as one of those teams with a garbage quarterback. No, nah, I wouldn't go that far. Kind but Guy knows they ball. have they for sure want to see them have a question mark at quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Like they're in that bump, like with that weird space of like the Eagles, the um, yeah, Eagles, the obviously Dolphins in that, that space. Giants, Raiders, well, Giants, we know. Nah, I feel like the Giants, everybody kind of knows because like I think this is what year four of Daniel Jones, and yeah. like, yeah, yeah it's yeah, unfortunate. You know what it is, yeah, the you know Tennessee Titans with Tannehill. 
one of those two um nah i don't it's not a question mark you kind of know what i know what he's know saying what he's he saying is. like one of those younger guys that you that franchises are tr- entrusting in these guys but they're not fully right. sure right now it, it, there's yeah, not that many yeah, guys that's yeah. why daniel came to mind baker was one of those guys that's right, not anymore right. i know exactly what you're going for exactly. i asked you like, that because drew is a big Tua guy i am I am, and I'm absolutely thrilled Huge. to hear that you're a Miami Dolphins fan. I'm not a Dolphins fan. I'm actually a Broncos fan. But Tua has been my guy since he was in Alabama. He he stepped in against <laughs> Georgia. Lefty guy. I'm left-handed. It was just meant to be written in the stars. Comes to the Dolphins, top five pick. My dad's a Dolphins fan, too. And I just like the way that Tua carries himself. There's a lot of hatred thrown on his name, and he takes it. He eats it. He has the intangibles to be great. He has a strong arm as well. Let me not say strong arm. Oh, I apologize. An accurate arm. That's what I meant to say. That's what I meant to say. Accurate. He has an accurate arm, yes. Yeah. He doesn't have the strongest arm, but now we're actually starting to nah. see that his hip, his hip is fully healed. And yeah. his throws look very, very good in this offseason. But again, no pads doesn't really mean too much. Right, 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 right. But right. I am actually interested to hear your, your assessment on Tua going into this season. Do you believe that Tua will actually have respect, put on his name, earn that respect this season? Or is he Jared Goff? Yeah, so that's the thing, right? Like, is he, is he going to have a Jared Goff-type season, right? Where, like, yeah, like, the team has a lot of success, but there's still questions about him because of that system. Um, so that that's my only trepidation. I mean, but I'm big on, like, a lot of it does come down to what's surrounding you. No doubt. You know, and he has two – he has, you know, one ultra-elite receiver and one good that can become elite receiver. So he kind of has two, and he has a really good number three. He has a good tight end and Mike Gusecki. The offensive line should be much improved, and he has really he has a good defense around him. So, like, Agreed. I think the Dolphins team is going to be a lot better. I don't know if he'll be able to question all the critics because um, it's pretty obvious that crit- the critics will only be questioned based on how you play aesthetically, not your actual like production. And aesthetically, like Tool will probably never ever be aesthetically pleasing type quarterback. No doubt, he plays like Drew Brees. So I don't know if he'll be able to. I don't think he'll ever be able to like unless. Again, he pulls up Drew Brees type numbers that I would really question, like shut down his critics because he's not aesthetically pleasing, right? So that, but I'm, I am very interested to see what he looks like in a real offense because obviously that Dolphins offense last year wasn't a real offense. That RPO based offense mm-hmm. is not, that's not a real NFL offense because, you know, like it was obvious that once they went heavy RPO, um, like they had some success, but then towards the end of the year, it came back down to earth. Like the second time they played the Jets. He threw two interceptions because, like, they kind of fig- figured everything out, right? So, um, I am interested to see what it looks like. Uh, I'm, I am, I'm not optimistic, but I'm not pessimistic. I'm just kind of like straight down the middle because, like, I'm a Dolphin fan, so I've seen the story. A bunch fair of enough. Times. Fair, fair enough. Um, one question I have for you. I know you said you had to go around seven, so I don't want to keep you too long. Um, but Makai Becton, you know, I know there was a lot of talk before in uh, not vo- or voluntary mini camp. Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. wasn't there. He was having a child. <laughs> And then uh, around mandatory minicamp, he came back. There was all these pictures floating around, videos. He looked overweight, this and that. I'm not too worried about it yet. Once we get into, you know, August and, uh, you know, it's minicamp and we're really ramping up to the season. Is he playing in preseason games? Because he's a key part to this offensive line. Obviously, he was drafted to be the franchise left tackle. um, And George Fant more or less took his job. So I'm curious, you know, whatever you've heard about Makai, do you think he's going to be ready for week one? If he is left tackle, right tackle, does it even matter? So I, so I think he'd be ready for week one. I think all the criticism is, you know, um, at this point, it's fair. Um, somebody's brought on himself. Some is some, you know, he didn't really bring on himself, but he can't control getting hurt. But at the end of the day, all the criticism will either be justified, justified 
or be silenced once week one gets here. And it has to continue throughout that, right? Like nothing he does in training camp, unless, you know, he just looks like an abomination. Nothing he does now, I won't say it doesn't matter, but in terms of perception, it doesn't matter because it comes down to like how he plays during the season. Because he's at that point in his career. He's in year three. There's a lot of uh, questions surrounding him. So it's really just going to come down to how he plays at the end of the day. That's why, I, you know, I kind of strayed away from the the discussions in terms of narrative surrounding Makai because it was kind of, I don't want to use the word pointless, but like I kind of knew where we were at this point where it's going to come down to what he does on the field. No doubt. So, yeah. More often than not, that's what it comes down to. What can you do for me on right. Sundays, yeah. Thursdays, Mondays? Uh, my last question for you. DJ is going to be, what's your bold prediction? Because now that I know you're a Dolphins fan, what's your bold prediction for the Dolphins? And now what's your bold prediction for the Jets? Could be positive, could be negative. Doesn't matter to me. Oh, my, yeah, my bold is probably the Dolphins make the playoffs. Uh, I don't think they win the division because the Bills are the Bills. Um, for the Jets, I think that, um, I think my my bold prediction is um, they, obviously, they won't end up with a more bold pick, but I think they have a exciting season where they're in the hunt and then it kind of falters towards the end because they're young. But, I, you know, I think they'll be ahead of the Patriots this year because I'm not a believer in the Patriots. Wow, but nice. Agreed. Yeah. We all have the same opinion. Correct. And on TikTok, we got killed for it. We, we People said we're sleeping on the Patriots a little bit too much. Now, Patriots roster, sorry, going into the season to be strong. Yeah. If Bill <laughs> Belichick wins with that, that he's really the best coach ever, honestly. That roster is yeah. not good. Yeah, so thank you, DJ, for being on the show. And before you go, I mean, this is a show. Hot takes are welcome. I know he asked you some bold predictions, but what do you? What hot takes do you have? It doesn't have to be about the Dolphins or Jets. It could be about NBA. It could be about KD going to Miami potentially. Before you go, just some hot takes, just some bold takes that you have not said yet that you just want to get off your chest. KD's still a better player than Steph. Oh like, um, yeah, like, okay. Katie, like, okay. Like I know that Steph got the fourth ring, yada yada yada. But I think Katie's still a better player. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just you know Katie left, and Steph was able to win again. So like it kind of you know muddies a lot of things. But like they don't get to four if Katie doesn't go there. You know, no what doubt, hundred percent agree. And, and and they've all admit like Draymond just admitted that they needed Katie to win against the Cavs. I still think Katie's. Because I've seen both of them on the same team, and one was defensively better than the other. So why should I forget that because of a resume? You feel me? So that's kind of my take on that. But, you know, that's just kind of how it goes. Like, if Katie never wins again, like, Steph will be higher than Katie on, on all-time rankings. Yeah. But I, I do believe that Katie's a If KD goes to Phoenix – do they beat Golden State in the Oh, they beat the, they beat the, they beat the dog shit out of them. No question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know about bro, that. That sucks oh to oh, I know. That, that sucks to hey, man, that, that, that's that's just, hey, they'll drop, they'll, they'll, hey, that full confidence in that. You know, like this if Katie go bro. to the Suns, I, I'm for sure. I'm, I'm a Suns. I'm, I'm a part time Suns fan. Stop it. Part-time Come on, DJ. Katie Booker, CP3 and nothing else gets that done. Yes. DJ, come I just on, saw man. a strong Boston Celtics team. A I will say it, if, team lose to them. Yeah. I will games. say if KD does go to Phoenix and wins a championship, a lot of the critics that have been clowning him for the past couple of years no are going to look very, very dumb. Doubt. But and that's why what, I have no doubt, no doubt in my mind that he goes to Phoenix. He's never winning. He's not being the worst. Never. And never that's again. why that's why I like KD to Phoenix because I think 
There's story already line. a rivalry yeah, there brewing with Golden there. State. And to the they, West. They're destined to match up. I mean, is there a rivalry right now? They haven't played. And well, right K- now, I this, guess KD this, versus Draymond. That like you know, what I'm saying? guess it's like that would be the, court, that would be the only. There's thing definitely a rivalry between Chris Paul and the Golden State, though. That I don't disagree historically. With. I agree with that. Is. But right now, the Suns are little bro. Yeah, they're a little bro. Yeah, that, that's I true. mean, everyone's a little bro to them. No yeah. So thank you, DJ, for being on the show. We really thank appreciate you. it, man. Absolutely, DJ. No problem, man. No problem. Thank you guys for having me, DJ. Is there anything you want to shout out before you go, dude? Um, and then I want to shout out. Uh, the Heat are the best team in NBA. Okay, and all right. KD Cap. is gonna go there, and we're gonna win again. All right, man. <laughs> Boston still beating y'all. All right, so, DJ. It was a pleasure having you, man. Nice to meet you, man. No problem. So that was DJ, who used to work for the New York Daily News, covering the Jets. He's leaving. Um, he's not covering the Jets beat sadly anymore. But we wish him well. Now on to the rest of the show. Before we start it. Uh, we got some gifts in the mail from Muffins, a honorable Sir. Patreon supporter. You guys might have seen me opening up my cards on my Instagram, but if you didn't, I'll do it one more time here. So I got a Deshaun Watson card. We're just going to put that <laughs> to the side. Tom Brady, Buccaneers. Cards you know, I see. he's the GOAT. Cards yeah. I see. Pass it over. I'll show it he's to the, the camera. Goat, yeah. Jason Tatum rookie card, and Muffins really That's blessed hard. it because you know That's you know hard. that this card. Are we really showing this? Deshaun, you know that this card actually, if it's graded and it's a PSA ten, is worth two thousand dollars right now. Damn, Jason Tatum, yeah. I'm surprised he gave this to him and not you. Yeah, yeah, right. And then Zach Wilson, a rookie ticket card. That's crazy. So, yeah, this, this is, is crazy. Tough. This is tough. Yeah, you got another package, bro. And you got part of his jersey on here. Yeah, I do. Unless I do got another package. You got another package. You should open that up. Yeah, I'm going to wait for you to do the cards and then I'll oh, open right it up. That. Yeah. And Muffins also gave us this pack of cards. That I'm going to open because yeah. I think my pack is in the mail somewhere lost in transit. Shout <laughs> out to Muffins. Can't open this shit. Come on, bro. You're shacked in a fool. It is pretty difficult to open. I won't lie. I was opening it from the wrong hole, bro. Ah, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Hey, man. Yo, is there, is there a letter? Bro, it looks like there's a letter. Oh, there's a letter? Oh, okay. Let's see. All right. Dear Pick Aside, y'all have been family from the start, so here's a gift to show my love. Joel and Joel, lay off my browns. You said Joel and Joel. <laughs> Joel and Joel, I apologize. Yeah, yeah better change that. I apologize, but that was rude of me. Lay off my browns. We are trying. In your pack, you'll find one GOAT, one BUST, one eh, and one MVP. In the big pack, share with the squad. Love Muffins, a.k.a. Dogs Pound Poppy. I don't know if this says Joel Big D. Wow. Is it? I don't know if that's a G or Big D. I don't know. You are very tall. I am tall. All right. I see. I already see the Sean card. Oh, damn. I I spoiled myself on the other one. Deshaun, shout out. I think we're all getting the Sean card. This one though, <laughs> JB is this rookie? Nice. Okay, okay. This is a rookie Jalen Brown card. This is fire. Zach, Zach Wilson rookie ticket as well. Nice. Last but not least, Tom Brady. Oh man, I think no, he did not do slime like this. Yeah, he's trolling Wait, me so with this one. So he gave us all the same cards except yeah, I have I got Tatum and you have Jalen Brown. That's, that's what's tough. up. That Damn, he tough. has a lot of the same cards. That's pretty lit. Now it's time for me to show my love to to my boy Nick Dawson. Now, I'm sure you saw on Joel and Rivers' Instagram that Nick was kind enough to send us all jerseys. And I wanted to do Nick right by showing love on the actual podcast. Now, 
I wanted to, to open it live on, on the show because I really want to show how grateful I am to this guy because sending Jersey is, is just crazy. It's just a, a different type of love. Guy sent me a Jerry Judy jersey. That is clean. Jersey. That is clean. Fire. And we already know my feelings towards Jerifer. My, my boy. Is that the name we're going with? I don't know, but that's what I'm going to give it to him. This guy. Oh, man. Nick, you get a special shout out. His Instagram is Los Dawson, L O S Dawson 57. Shout out to you, bro. You really spoiled us. And 100%, I'm throwing this on for the rest of the show. Shout out. And one last gift. Drew's, Drew, so this funny story. Drew, for the past like week and a half, has been has kept asking me, has something came in the mail? Has something came in the mail? Has something came in the mail? And I thought it was something for you since, you you know, you were so excited about it. Uh-huh. But it turns out Drew got me a gift. I did get him and a gift. And the package is right here. And I'm going to open it live on the show. My birthday was June 24th. The same NFL day NFL shops, man. Y'all got to step it up. Y'all got to step yeah, it they, up. they suck at uh, delivery. You know what? But to their credit, they have a disclaimer. We have a historical amount of, of stuff that we have to give out because What's of so COVID. Special? Co- bro. I, listen, yeah, hey, hey, let's not get political. Business. Let's not get political. Uh, so I opened it up. I don't know what it is yet. Let's see what it is. I have a feeling it's Sauce Gardner. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Let me see what it is. It's Sauce Gardner. Uh, <laughs> sauce. So. Oh, let's get it. Okay. Listen, the way that you chat up Sauce Gardner. He's the next Darrell Revis, is he not? <laughs> I think he is. And that's why I said it's fitting that you put the Revis jersey up there. So Sauce Gardner, I feel like I just got drafted. That's tough. <laughs> Number one. That's I appreciate clean. you, bro. Got you, King. You, got you, Brody. Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys. That's lit. My birthday party was very lit. Oh, your, your party was lit. Too lit, if yeah. you True. ask me. Never too, hey, hey, I was too, hey, I was too right. gone. I'm gonna be Listen, they already, they already yeah. shouted me out on the last podcast. I was just like, hey, okay, we ain't got to talk about that. I got drunk <laughs> as hell, bro. I'm not going to lie. I don't know how. Yeah. I'm trying to throw another bank. You know what I'm trying to actually get? I'm trying to get a projector. So, like, whenever big fights happen, like UFC or boxing, yo, pull up. Let's watch the fight. Let's Where'd chill. you put it? Like, against the um, shed type? You know, you know where, like, the... You know where the the swing was, like yeah. in the back, yeah, yeah. by like the hammock. So the projector would be facing that way against that wall. Gotcha. And I'd have it, yeah. So, so. now we both got jerseys on. I'm gonna put this jersey on actually as well. You got a Zach Wilson is good shirt. Man, the squad we're, is thriving we're ready right for now. NFL we're all so. fly. That's what it comes down yeah. to. And over the past couple of weeks, um, you guys have been asking for a baseball topic, MLB topic. So this is our first at no, I wouldn't say first ever, but this is definitely like our second, third ever MLB topic. This is the first time we're doing one yeah, as a group. Like, when though. did y'all do it? Maybe never. Only I did it like, with Jack and Riv one time. And I was going to say Riv? Riv. Yeah, right when they, uh, right when Steve Cohen bought the Mets. Uh, and literally yeah. one time when we were, uh, I think when we first had Pee Wee on, we were explaining like little fundamentals of baseball yeah. and stuff like that. That was about it. That's all that I've spoken about baseball on the podcast. So the best two teams in baseball, well, the best team are the Yankees. I Correct. Right? Yes. 100%. We are nine games better than the next best team. And the Mets are also one of the best teams. I'm not I'm not a big, I'm not a big baseball guy. What's up for? But the Yankees Right now you're 3. The Yankees are in the American League or National League? We're, American. So we're going to have to school this guy <laughs> on air, which is fine. not schooling. We're educating. That's yeah. what we're in the business of doing right now. The Yankees are the best team in the major leagues right now with a record of 56 and 20. The Mets right now actually are they have the third best record technically because they have two less law, two more losses than Houston. They're forty-seven and twenty-nine. Now I'm going to talk about the Yankees because they're my squad. I'll let you talk about the Mets a little bit. 
The Yankees, why the Yankees and the Mets are so exciting this season is because going into this year, there was a lot of criticism on Major League Baseball itself. And I will say that jersey looks super clean. So I was clean. debating between the green and the and the white, but I knew you had a white Zach Wilson jersey, and I was like, you know what? Let me switch it up and get in the green. Yeah, yeah, that's iced. That's icy sauce. Uh, if it's good too, yeah. If it's let's good. go. Tough. All right. So back to back to MLB. I apologize, y'all. But why it's so great that this is happening is that there was a lot of criticism on MLB going to the season because of the strike going on. There was just. So much in in recent of of over these past few years that baseball has struggled in in really gaining new viewers. Now, what's great about it is that you have the Yankees and the Mets in the media capital of the world, and they're the two best teams in Major League Baseball. The Yankees and the Mets are single handedly saving the sport, and, and I don't mean that as an exaggeration at all. When you have Aaron Judge, arguably the best player on the planet right now, leading the Yankees to the best record in Major League Baseball. That is beyond anything what anyone could have expected as a Yankee fan. We we as Yankee fans understood how great Judge was prior to the season and why it's even better, because I'm going to get on so many tangents right now, why it's even better is that Judge bet on himself going into the season and Judge said, you know what, I don't like this offer that you're giving me right now because I know my worth. I know that. what it was? I want to say it was an eight-year deal he was going to be making – Thirty-three million a year, I believe. That would have been a come up for you. I believe, and and he wanted Trout money. He wanted the Mookie Betts money, which is more than fair, especially because as great as Mike Trout is, and he should be the face of baseball. The face of baseball is Aaron Judge, one hundred percent. I believe that in my heart. And he said, "You know what? I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to go into this season on my Alex Rodriguez in 2007, where you know what? I'm going to test free agency. I'm going to trust myself." And I'm going to have an MVP type season. He's done. He's done just that. Over the last couple of games, he struggled a little bit, where the averages dipped a little bit, but still leading the league in home runs. One of the league leaders in RBIs. He is a freak of nature. He's still on pace for over 60 home runs. That he's gonna. He has a strong chance to have the actual home run record, where there's no asterisks involved with these guys. Where Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire, they have some asterisks on their names. And Barry Bonds, in my opinion, doesn't have as much of an asterisk as people like to claim that he does. But even still, don't want to be ignorant about it. There's people that believe Barry Bonds has an asterisk on his name. The real home run record in people's eyes is Roger Maris. Now, Judge has a chance to break that. And why it's so great is how I've mentioned earlier is the sport was in need of someone to come in and, and really lift it up and have people viewing the game again. A game against the A's a couple days ago was the most viewed game from a Yankees, most viewed Yankees game in years. A regular game against the Oakland Athletics that are not a good team by any means. Yeah. One of the reasons why that is is because of Aaron Judge. What we're watching from Aaron Judge is historic, a once-in-a-lifetime type thing. And the Yankees are just on such a tremendous pace right now. We have the lowest ERA in baseball, have the lowest whip in baseball, lead the league in home runs, lead the league in walks. So not only do we have the best rotation, we also have the most power on our squad, and we are very disciplined at the plate. This Yankees team is has done everything right as compared to last season where we needed people to steal bases. Now this season, we're more aggressive on the base path. We needed fielders this year. We go and we get IKF, who's been a little bit shaky, for, but more often than not has been solid. Anthony Rizzo is one of the best gloves there is. And now, back to Aaron Judge, he's now had a new position in center field. There's not many guys you see transfer from right field who, again, 6'7", 280. This guy's a, a honest-to-God genetic freak. It's transferring over to center field, which ultimately means you have to cover the most ground out of anyone else on the ball field. 
He is an athletic monster, and the fact that he's doing this this season is just going to bode tremendously in this offseason when he gets a blank check from the Yankees or whichever team that he's going to sign to. God, I, I just don't even want to throw that out into the universe. The Mets. There is a possibility. There is a world, There's a world that he gets a ridiculous offer from them. But I think if if he wins MVP, we win the World Series in the, in the best-case scenario for the Yankees and Aaron Judge. There is a world where he makes forty-five to fifty million a season. Yeah. If he keeps this pace, there is a world he makes forty-five to fifty million a season. The Yankees have been tremendous, and it's been in part not only to Aaron Judge, but the amazing starting rotation that we have as well. So I, before the season, where did Aaron Judge rank as like the best players in baseball? Where did he rank? He was elite in a majority of people's minds. He was a top fifteen at worst ball player. People's fear was injuries. Where it was minor stuff, where he he had an hand injury, he had lower body injuries. Lower body injuries scare me for a six seven two eighty guy for sure. But when he's healthy, he's one of the best ball players in the world. Prior to this year, probably would have had him top ten, especially after last season, how great he was. It was the first time in since his rookie season that he played a full season, and he was tremendous. Him and John Carlos Stan were an amazing duo. The both of them together, almost single handedly, got us past the Red Sox. Just had no one else step up for us at the plate in October when it matters the most. But it's completely different this season as we lead the league in comeback victories. Uh, we have a winning record when trailing after seven innings. That is insane. That just goes to show you the grit and determination that these Yankees, the the confidence that the Yankees are playing with right now. We're at a different pace. We're at a different level as the rest of these guys. And not to throw a little bit of shade to you guys, because, you know, listen, I'm a Yankee fan, and no Yankee fan really truly hates the Mets because this is, again, no slight. Little, there's there's yeah. nothing you guys have done that should impact us in, in rooting against y'all other than the fact that you're another New York team. Against the Astros, who happen to be the second-best team in the league, you guys have gotten smoked by them. Meanwhile, we split on two games that we probably should not have won, but because of how great and confident we are right now and how consistent our hitting has been all season— we steal two games from the Astros. And not only do you steal two, you get no hit in one game. Then the next game, you're no hit through five or six innings. Still come back in that game and, and end Have up Have a walk-off. Yeah. Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge. Giancarlo Stanton. They're just freaks. When when To speak to Giancarlo very briefly, and then I'll allow you to speak about the Mets. When he's on, the Yankees lineup's different. Because when Judge and Stanton are cooking, we're the best team in the league by far. Because I, I want to say there's a record. We've lost twice, two games, and games that both him and Judge have homered. That's an insane stat. When Giancarlo is on, when he's being, when he's disciplined at the plate, which as of right now, it's not been, it's been far and few in between where he swings at a lot of pitches, just trying to do too much where he doesn't necessarily need to. When he's on, the Yankees are different. And right now, a majority of the Yankees are on. So we can't complain at all. I think one of the coolest thing about the Yankees, too, is that, sure, you have John Carlo, John Carlo, Judge, Garrett Cole, but it's a lot of guys that aren't superstars. So true. Right? Like, if you look at that Dodgers team, it's like one through nine. They are all superstar, all-star, all-star lineup, players. Yeah. The Yankees, on the other hand, while you have your guys, don't get me wrong, it's a lot of guys that a casual fan, like, I don't know every single player. Like, I, I probably know more than average, mm-hmm. but... An average fan who lives in like the Midwest, like you're probably not going to be able to name the Yankees starting lineup because it's not this powerhouse. Like even if you had in years past, like 2009 when you guys won the World Series, where you went out and you got Teixeira, A Rod, CC, all of these guys. 
Well, this year it's like it's Nestor Cortez, right? It, you know, like you have all of these guys, Jordan Montgomery, uh, Clay Holmes, right? Like these guys Tennyson that type. come out of Clay nowhere. Holmes, the fact I didn't speak about him is disrespectful. He's the best reliever in baseball. Yeah, right he's now. been unbelievable. Um, but yeah, the Yankees are—they're the best team in baseball right now, without a doubt. You have like, and the Yankees have the most historic team probably in all of sports ever, and you're still off to I want to say your best start ever, top three start yeah. in franchise history, For, correct? Which is like it's better than. The Patriots dynasties, like any other sport you guys can think of, the Warriors, whoever, the Bulls, like the Yankees are the most historic franchise in all of sports. So if you're doing that well, that should show you how well the Yankees are doing. Um, but to start off, I first agree. Baseball, I think MLB knows that the fans, the players, it was a dying sport. And to see that the Yankees were able to have that high viewership on a June game on like a Tuesday night or whatever it was, just shows that when the Yankees are good and the Mets too, there still is viewership and people that want to go out and watch the games on tv or in the stadium i have some numbers here in 2016 there were 23 million people who watched the world series these last three years it was 14 million in 2019 10 in 2020 and 12 in 2021 and 2016 was the new york mets correct am i wrong that was 15 ah okay, okay. yeah um some of that could be due with like the astros mm-hmm. cheating scandal possibly or not maybe i know the dodgers been there a couple of times the braves so decent market teams um but i think the one issue the mlb has is they don't market their players, right? Like, don't, I think if you think of so players true. like John Morant, who we all admit, like, he's a superstar. He's not a top 10 player. Everyone knows who John Morant is. He cannot go out on the street. You know who John Morant is. If you think of someone yeah. like Paul Goldschmidt, he's leading the NL MVP right now. He's having, he's spent like 340. He's unbelievable. I have no clue what he looks like. Sure, maybe he plays for the St. Louis Cardinals, but Ja plays for Memphis. You know, I think that's the biggest issue with MLB right now is that they don't have a way of marketing their stars. I feel like they even have that for the big names, like guys like Mike Trout. Mike Trout should be known across the globe. Yeah. There are people in America that don't even know who Mike Trout is. I've had conversations with Riv, who couldn't tell me who Mike Trout is before the season. The fact that that's... Not a universally known thing where Mike Trout is arguably the greatest baseball player that could go down arguably as the greatest baseball player in MLB history. And there are people that don't know who Mike Trout is. That is insane to me. NBA would never experience that. You know who LeBron James is. Everyone across the globe knows who LeBron James is. Michael Jordan, same thing. These are guys that are historic to the game. Mike Trout is historic to the game and he is not universally known. It's it's incredibly irresponsible on the MLB's part. And MLB has to be happy because I think their goal, we always talk like joke around these conspiracies. Oh, like the NBA wants to see the Celtics in the finals, mm-hmm. not the Heat. The baseball wants Mets 100%. versus Yankees 100%. You have this new era of Mets baseball with Steve Cohen, you know, really bringing juice back to the city, to this Mets 100%. organization who really have not been run that well over these past few years, not one going out to spend, especially in the last couple of years, even after making a World Series. The Wilpons were very irresponsible. Very. For I mean, they, they had some Bernie Madoff issues as well no when doubt. that whole scam went around. But to talk about the Mets, it's funny because a couple of weeks ago when we were supposed to have this show, all of their stats were like first, first, first. And, you know, Pete was doing this and that. Everyone's still playing well. But um, they come down a little bit over the last couple of weeks. But I think the biggest thing you have to think about if you're a Mets fan or just an MLB fan is we haven't seen this team at full strength. We're missing not only our two best pitchers, but the two best pitchers in baseball. Max Scherzer, Jacob DeGrom. DeGrom hasn't pitched in a year now. Scherzer pitched eight, nine games to start off the year, but he's been out. But he has did have his first rehab assignment last night. Went well, so I am expecting him to come back in the next week or two. DeGrom, DeGrom, just, yep, there DeGrom go. still probably a month or so away, but he is expected to have a rehab assignment on Sunday for the first time in forever. Um, he's been out since last July, I want to say. 
But then we've had other guys step up. Cookie Carrasco has come in and played really well for us. Eight and four, three seven ERA. Taiwan Walker, uh, six and two with a three one ERA. And if you don't know, ERA is earned run average. Mm-hmm. So in general, I say like below a four ERA is pretty damn good. If you're below a three, you are elite. And Degrom, before went out last year, had like a, a one three or something, which is just unprecedented, right? Um, and then we've had Bassett, who's been inconsistent at times, but overall been okay. And and McGill, who was just at place on the sixty day IL, unfortunately, Tough, so not sure when he's going to be back. But to talk about their offense as well, Pete Alonso, if it wasn't for Goldschmidt batting 340, would probably be in the lead for MVP right now. He's having a ridiculous season. This is even better than his rookie year when he hit 50 plus home runs. Right now he the is record for the, home for runs rookie. By rookie. Yeah, he's batting 282, third in home runs with 20 with 22, first in RBIs with 69. 924 OPS, which is top 10, and 564 slugging percentage. Slugging kind of just shows um, how powerful of a hitter you are. It's like you get more points for a triple, double, or home run. Yep. Um, OPS is on-base percentage plus slugging. On-base percentage is just what it sounds like if you get on base. Um, so Pete Alonso's having a great season. And you have the the guys around him. McNeil is back to his old ways by an over 300. Lindor has been a bit up and down, but he's still top five in RBIs. Um, Starlin Marte has been a great free signing. So everything's... One of the biggest additions this offseason. Yeah, everything's shaping up. And Luis Gourmet. Gold Glover, potentially. He's batting over 300. And Buck Showalter mentioned this, and people kind of glossed over it. There should be a spot in the All-Star game for utility guys. He solely said that because of Luis Guillermo. And we didn't even talk about Buck. He's been arguably the biggest addition out of everybody. Because, you know, uh, last year, I'm I'm blanking on who our manager was. Um, I'm blanking, too. uh, Go ahead. Don't worry about it. Um, But, yeah, Mickey. Was it Mickey? Callaway? No, that that was No, no, no. Um, Okay. Rojas, there Luis Rojas. Callaway um, was two two years ago. Yeah, Luis Rojas was a guy who has been a head coach in our farm system. Double A, Triple A. He came up. Um, that was the year we signed Beltran to be our head coach. The Astros thing comes out. We have to fire him. So we're like, let's just get somebody. That was unfortunate too. It was. I love that. I would have loved to see what Beltran was like. Obviously, being a former mm-hmm. Met, what he ended up being like. But in the end, we got Buck Showalter. He's you know one of the best head coaches or I guess managers in the history in, of the, in game, the history sure. of the game. He's been around forever. So it's shaping up to be a Mets versus Yankees Subway World Series again in 2000. They got the better of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm excited to see what this team looks like with the Grom and Scherzer because it's going to look a lot different. No doubt. Listen, it's going to come down to your bullpen versus ours. Because starting rotation, I won't lie, DeGrom, Max Scherzer, if if McGill comes back, you know, we'll see. It's looking like mid-August. That's the last report. And Bass, who's been consistent. As great as as our starting five has been in the playoffs, in, in a World Series, you need three guys, yep. realistically. And if you have DeGrom and Scherzer giving you two games out of a seven-game series— You'll take your chances yeah, if you're the Mets. Definitely will. And, and right now, going at looking at it from an average perspective, and, and I know baseball right now is more uh, analytics and and advanced stats. I'm not a huge I'm not a huge supporter of that, but I understand it. Head offices, that's how they that front offices, that's how they make their lineups. That's how they put together lineups. But looking at it from a solely an average perspective, you guys are what top four in average, which yeah. means that majority of your guys. I think last I checked, the lowest average for you guys was Eduardo Escobar, who was an all-star last season. It's, it's probably like McCann right now. He doesn't have the at-bats probably to qualify. But um, My point being is, you're as a Yankee fan, and as great as we've been, I can acknowledge still that the Mets roster as a whole, their lineup, their pitching rotation, which is why I say it's going to come down to the bullpen, those two things scare me. Yeah. If we can get to your bullpen, we have a chance. And even still... Edwin Diaz has been one of the best relievers in phenomenal. baseball. Drew Smith's been really good for us, too. Um, and we also have the six fewer strikeouts, number one on-base percentage. So we're getting hits. We're getting home runs. We're getting on-base. We're doing the right things on the base pass, stealing bases, sure. playing great defensively, and also not striking out, which is 
in today's MLB, it's strikeout home run. Like, that's what everyone, you know, goes for. A guy like Joey Gallo, right? Um, Get him off the team. I I know, but it's really changed over the years. And I'm thrilled that we're having a baseball topic on the show because now I can actually have strong media presence on why Joey Gallo should not be wearing the number 13. It's disrespectful. The fact that Joey Gallo was given... A-Rod was number 13. Permission to wear number 13 after what Alex Rodriguez had done for us, had delivered us the last championship that the Yankees have had in the last 15 years. We hadn't won since 2000. Since No, excuse me. Before 2009, we hadn't won since 2000. And our last championship was with A-Rod going on a historic postseason run. Forget about just the World Series, right? Because the World Series is the most important thing. And if A-Rod would have played a little bit better in the postseason, we might have had maybe two or three more. But regardless of that fact, the fact that more often than not, I want to say what, A-Rod had 14 seasons of 30 and 100. A-Rod was an MVP with us, had one of the best seasons we've ever seen in 2007 where he had 54 home runs. Alex Rodriguez, regardless of what you want to say on his name outside of the the, the fact that he, that he, you know, the steroid scandal, and, and that's really what people look to when it comes to baseball. What he meant to the Yankees and what he meant to, to baseball itself, for them to just give Joey Gallo number 13 is a slap in the face to Alex Rodriguez. It is. I was, I was shocked. I was shocked. And, and A-Rod was the one that, that ultimately said, you do have my permission. But oh, he did? The, he did. And, and of course, that that was going to be a respect thing. But, but even but, still, like... Don't get bro. It's a Rod. It's Alex Rodriguez. Yeah. We're not talking about some 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 guy like a Paul O'Neill who's finally getting his his number retired. Paul O'Neill's not some guy, but we're talking about A-Rod Alex Rodriguez, type of baseball who, player. When it comes to skill, is a top ten yeah. player all time. I don't care what history has to tell me. I know what my eyes tell me, and the fact that he had six hundred ninety six home runs, one of the all time leaders in RBI, one Bob of missing the, the most clutch hitters as well. Regardless, the full season too. Alex Rodriguez was at a different level than 99% of the guys in MLB history. And he had swag. He was super cool. He was swag. Shout out to Kate Hudson. <laughs> Shout out to Kate Hudson because what she did for Alex was tremendous in that 2009, and she yeah. won't ever be forgotten. But, man, Alex Rodriguez, if you guys couldn't tell, Alex Rodriguez is my favorite player, probably my favorite athlete in all of sports. And for them to do that to Alex was extremely disrespectful, yeah, in my opinion. obviously, you can't get your number retired anymore. And now that you, you can still, believe it or not. Really? You can. But it's now weird. it's just... If you're Joey Gallo, you have number 13 on your back. There's an added pressure now, right? You're not just Joey Gallo anymore. You're the guy that followed Alex Rodriguez, the first guy to wear number 13. And it's been how many years? Like 10? No, and no, barely if that, because he retired in 2016. Oh, A-Rod f- retired in yeah, 2016? He did, yeah. On the Yankees? Yeah. Wow, it seems like way longer. I know. Listen, And I was at his last game, actually, and That's that tough. was unbelievable, one of the best moments of my life. But the fact that it had been less than five years removed— because we got Gal last season, he was able to wear number thirteen, and they give it away. That it doesn't sit right with me. It hurts. It doesn't sit right with me. If, if Era was normal, maybe, but he's not. He yeah. was not. Listening to you guys talk baseball makes me feel like a casual. <laughs> I mean, listen, man, it's a it's a lot to unpack. Baseball is a very complicated sport, especially if you're not drawn to it immediately. Didn't A Rod hit a home run in his last game? No, he hit a double in his last game. He had a, Derek Jeter was the one that hit a walk-off on his last game, which was one of the greatest moments ever. Was it A-Rod or Jeter? I think it was Jeter hit a home run for his 3,000th hit. Yes. Yeah, and so tough. did Alex Rodriguez. Oh, they both did? Yes. Oh, that is There's only tough. three players in MLB history, Wade Boggs, Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez, That's to have it, their 3,000 hit be a home run. I think for baseball, what you have to do, because I'm like... I'm a pretty big casual outside of the Mets. Like I know the Mets and the I know the Mets very well. I know the Yankees somewhat well and everything else I'm, I'm pretty big casual in. I think you just have to find one team. Like you're a Mets fan, I think we've come to the conclusion, right? Uh, I don't know. Uh, bro, you 
Oh, okay, listen. To each I one. root for the Dodgers. I root for the Yankees. I root for the, the Mets. Dodgers. Dodgers. No, you know that coming I did, from. No, I went. So my cousin lives in L.A. And when we I went, went to a Mets game last year, was it before or after? It was before. And bro had an IG post saying, "Yo, who's your favorite baseball team?" And it's him flicked up in City Field saying, Mets. "Facts, you did put that by IG." <laughs> That's just to fuck with him. But um, <laughs> Los because my cousin lives in Los Angeles, and um, my aunt she works at like the Dodger Stadium and shit. Like she works at Dodger Stadium, whatever or wherever they wherever they play, and. Um, she like got me a bunch of gifts from the Dodgers. I'm talking about a Dodgers blanket, talking about Dodgers like souvenirs and all that stuff. When was the last time they won the World Series? The Dodgers? Yeah. Uh, the ago? COVID year. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that year is when I went to LA and then I came back and I actually watched the, that World Series. It was against the uh the Twins or something, I think. Uh, no, that Rays. was that was against the Rays. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Rays or whatever. I you know, I'm I don't know about this. That, mm-hmm. But yeah, and <laughs> I watched that World Series and that was the World Series that I watched and like I really watched it thoroughly and I was rooting for the Dodgers. Yeah. Like that's the thing. If it's a Dodgers uh Rays, whatever the World Series if the Mets aren't in it, like I'm watching Thursday night football. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I get it. Yeah. I mean, listen, there's been moments in MLB history that I regret being asleep for. One of those being the Cardinals Texas game. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I re- I'm what, pretty sure I was awake. I mean, David I Freeze I has yeah. just one of the most yes. freak out moments yes. in World Series yes. history. Joe Buck, regardless of what people want to say, that's one of the best calls in sports history. When Freeze hits that home run, he says, we will see you tomorrow <laughs> yeah, night. That was fine. I get goosebumps yeah. at just thinking about it. I regret being asleep for those. There's just some moments that you need to be awake for. World Series is one of those, yeah. but I get it. I mean, if you're a Mets fan, you're a casual baseball fan, I understand. It, it, it It's one of those sports you need to, to just be infatuated with. I grew up a baseball player. I, I mean, Alex Rodriguez, like I mentioned, you guys hear me talk about how much I love Payne, how much I love LeBron. A-Rod's at a different level for me because I played the game of baseball. I mean, I played basketball casually. I never really played football at all outside of just playing at the park with my friends. But I played baseball for real. And Alex Rodriguez was that guy that made me love the game. Mm-hmm. So it's if you're not one of those that loves the game, I understand. Yeah, baseball was my first love as a sport, too. I Facts. Just, I forget about that. Yeah, I mean, like, growing up, I was a diehard. And I knew everything. I knew all the players, all the teams. Like, But over the years, I think it was just the Mets just not being competitive. I kind of fell out of it. Um, but I'm getting back there. I mean, for me, when I was younger, what got me, well, I always was a basketball football guy, but video games helped me understand yeah. it much more and the players and stuff. It's just as a video game, I never liked MLB games. MLB I thought the they were very they really boring. weren't accessible. Like, if you did not have a PlayStation, you could not play MLB yeah. the show. But growing up, I feel like most people had PlayStation, like PS2s compared to like an Xbox. But I just feel like playing 2K and Madden's more fun than playing MLB. It is. <sighs> MLB the show. 21 was one of the best games I ever played. So two so two new free agency moves happened. The Lakers signed Juan Toscano Anderson. Okay. Cute. The Warriors. And Cute. the Mavericks signed JaVale McGee. That hurts. Nice I would have loved That's JaVale a back. really great pickup. I, I love loved that. JaVale back. Um, towards the end of the show, well, at the end of the show, we'll go through all the free agent moves that happened and talk about it very briefly. But on to the next topic, Deshaun Watson. Um Disciplinary disciplinary hearing um, is over. It was a three day thing. There's no timetable for a ruling, and judge or disciplinary officer Sue L. Robinson is going to make the decision of what's going to happen to Deshaun Watson. So, as everybody knows, as of now, you know he's been accused by 25 women women of actions ranging from sexual assault to inappropriate behavior during massages, and. Um, he settled with 20 of them 
and one was dropped. So the NFL is expected to push for a suspension that is going to last at least a year, according to ESPN's Dan Graziano. And the NFL is insisting on an indefinite suspension for at least a year. And the NFL Players Association is arguing for a much shorter ban. So I just want to know your thoughts on this and where do you think uh, ultimately his suspension is going to lie? Do you think he's going to get that full year suspension or maybe even more? Yeah, this is tough because at the end of the day, I think this is how it's going to play out. I think the NFL put it out in the media. We're pushing for an indefinite suspension. And Deshaun's side is going to say, oh, well, we, he was already suspended basically last year. And they're going to come to an agreement. And at, and at the end of the day, the NFL is going to say, well, we tried. And Deshaun's side is going to say, well, we ended up getting one year for Deshaun or eight games, whatever it might be. So I think all of this media stuff, these leaks that are coming out now are just so in a month from now, whenever this gets resolved, because there really is no timeline. We don't know when it's going to get resolved. It, it wouldn't surprise me if it happens like today or tomorrow because you have all the NBA news going on. You have July yeah. 4th weekend. So if you kind of like, yep. sweep this under Good the point. rug real quick, it wouldn't shock me. Um, one one important thing to note, though, I was it's I was reading through right after Kevin Durant signs. Yeah, right. When he gets traded, well, yeah, I, traded, I yeah. was reading through um like one of these reports. And so at the end, once this this judge, uh, Sue Robinson, who was the appealer, the NFLPA and the NFL both came to an agreement saying she's going to be the one to run this uh, this process. Um, arbitrator, not appealer. Either side can appeal. Right. So if Deshaun ends up getting indefinite suspension, the other side will appeal. If he gets six games, the NFL is going to appeal. After that happens, Roger Goodell or whoever he appoints has the final verdict. So if whatever whatever ends up happening, it's going to fall on Roger Goodell or whoever he appoints to have the final say on the matter. And I just worry that Roger Goodell isn't going to want to do that. So whatever happens in, in this arbitration process between the NFLPA and the NFL and Sue Robinson, that's going to be the final call because I don't think Roger Goodell is going to have to be the person to say, I'm the one who made the final decision on arguably the biggest sexual assault case the NFL has ever seen. No, it has to be number one right and now. And there is this quote from the Associated Press that said, I'm told the NFL, despite insisting on different suspension, wants to avoid the appeals process. A source said a terrible situation for everyone involved. So the league is more likely to abide by Sue Robinson's ruling if she came back with six to eight games. So if she ends up saying Deshaun's only going to get six to eight games because last year we trained as suspension, there's a good chance the NFL comes back and it doesn't even appeal because they don't want to have to lie on Roger Goodell and they're the reason why Deshaun gets six games or indefinite. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Makes sense. Uh, and I feel like if, if you're the league, you just can't have any loose ends and you need to. Yeah, that's why I pulled that one out for you. Um, if you're the league, you can't have any mess ups here. Like you mentioned, this is one of the bigger scandals in NFL history and you need to handle it accordingly. You can't, you cannot mess this one up. There's too much lying on it, especially for the fact that the NFL over these last couple of years have, have struggled with, with handling certain situations. You look at Ray Rice, you look at Colin Kaepernick, just to, to name two of the, the bigger ones of recent memory. And now you have Deshaun Watson. You need to make sure that it's handled correctly and, 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 in an efficient manner. Um, the fact that there's no timetable on when this ruling is going to be held, understandable because you need to find all the facts, but this has been going on for over a year now. And yes, he did get suspended last year, but listen, similarly to, to baseball, we just finished talking about Trevor Bauer missed the entire last season with pay. He was paid. Deshaun he, got paid 10 mil last year. He No, Deshaun was paid also is my point. But then we just saw Trevor Bauer get suspended two more seasons after for something that was 100% already proven, set in stone. There were the facts that 
that Trevor Bauer did physically harm physical this evidence. girl. Yes, there yeah, was physical evidence. Messages. Correct. I mean, Deshaun had some text Correct. Too, but. Um, but that's a whole different situation. Uh, let's not get too involved with Trevor Bauer. But right now with Deshaun Watson, there's a, there's less hard evidence, unfortunately, where it's a lot of hearsay and, and who can you trust. And that's why there's so much ambiguity going on right now and, and why we've waited so long to get a final verdict on Deshaun. Um, but I am looking forward to it. Uh, I, I want this over and done with. Yeah, I, I'm sure that we're you guys as well are sick and tired of hearing about, you know, what's going to go on. How many how many games is Deshaun going to get? I, I 100 percent believe he should be done for this season as well. If he's suspended for two seasons, it's justified. It's understandable. Um, and to speak quickly about the Browns and their contract situation with Deshaun Watson, they're going to be put in a situation where they're not going to have to pay Deshaun Watson that money for those two years. But it got it, it should get to a point where the Browns already knew what they were getting themselves into by trading for Deshaun Watson. They shouldn't be let off the hook because Deshaun Watson's getting suspended by the league. It, you guys should be on your cap, not be able to put that money elsewhere for those two seasons. It should be that simple. So he has a $0 cap hit if he gets suspended? Is that what's going to happen? I'm, I'm asking you. I don't know. I believe, no, he, that money's guaranteed. Uh, yeah. No, if he gets suspended, the Browns, in the they will find a way to fight that they don't have to pay that. Oh, is that? Okay. I believe that they should. His cap hit this year is $1 million, but yeah. he has a signing bonus of like 30 plus. I mean, he's whatever. guaranteed what? 240? 230. 230? Yeah. The Browns knew what they were getting they did themselves into. And and they should be held to that money oh, as for well. Sure. Yeah, the, the picks. Correct. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've spoken on this matter before. I think that Deshaun should get an indefinite suspension. Whether or not he's banned for, from the NFL, like for life or whatever, is a different question. But it should start with an indefinite suspension and ultimately him missing the entire year. Like I don't see a scenario where he doesn't miss the entire year. I think the NFL has dropped the ball too many times on these situations where 100%. they have given players who have done some heinous things little little punishment. And I think Deshaun Watson, unfortunately for him, has to become the poster child for this and get a get a big time punishment. Um I think even though he's won the cases, that doesn't mean he's innocent. Um I know people throw that out a lot. Um Last time I gave my take on it, a lot of the comments were overwhelmingly saying that it's innocent until proven it was, guilty. It was bad. Um, and even on YouTube shorts, you know, the, the video did very well. And, you know, people were saying the same thing. Just because you are innocent, you're, you're proven innocent in, in the manner of court doesn't mean that you're innocent. I mean, OJ Simpson was innocent, but I mean, the evidence against him is damning. And especially in scenarios like this, it's very hard to prove somebody's guilt. I mean, I think only like, one percent of these type of cases are even convicted you know so it's hard to prove that type of case so this doesn't prove deshaun watson's innocence i think that i'm not going to sit here and you know say that he's guilty but i think the evidence is damning and you talk about how many different how many the number of women that he's went to i think he's over 70 spanning this timeline uh is damning it's alarming there's no reason for that and the 25 women to come out and speak against it Everybody thinks that these women are lying just because they're looking for money. And I think that that can't be further from the truth. Maybe are there some that are looking for it? Yes, that's possible. But to say all of them are just in it for some financial gain, I think is, is kind of uh, is kind is ignorant. 
uh, to say that. I do think Deshaun Watson should be punished for this, and I'm I'm hoping the NFL does the right thing and they do do suspend him for at least a year. And I think it's at least going to be a year. The Browns made a huge mistake, and this is going to be a mistake that is going to cost them big time. They knew what they were doing. They gave somebody $230 million guaranteed, given the information that he was going through these civil lawsuits. And that franchise should be punished for making such a dumb mistake. They, at the press conference, said that they did their research and they, they you know, investigated the manner when a New York Times reporter investigated it 10 times better than that than a franchise who possibly has way more access to it. Um, so that's where I stand on it. I, I, I still stand on him being indefinitely suspended. And I think the NFL is going to make the right decision here. Reading, reading this now, it says if, if the NFL hands down a year long suspension, the Browns will save 10 million in cap space this year and clear almost 45 million in cap space next year. That's crazy. Like that makes no sense to me. The thing about it is that it was like a risk, like a risk-free type of thing where the Browns traded for Deshaun Watson. If this is the case, the thing about it is that what what I find most alarming is that if they do hand out this suspension, well, the NFL is pushing for an, at least a year and an indefinite suspension. The Players Association is pushing for significantly less, and that's something that kind of triggers my mind. And I'm like, well, why? Why are the, why are the Players Association pushing for? a significantly less uh, suspension. Why do they want to punish this guy less? I know that he's a player in the NFL, but just because you're a player in the NFL does not mean that the players association should, should side with somebody who has been accused of doing this type of stuff. And the fact that he settled with 20 of them, um, some people will say they were in it for the money, but I think that a lot of these women know that they're not going to, there's not going to be a conviction conviction because these things hardly ever get convicted and I mean Deshaun Watson, him, him basically, um, what's the word for it? him settling with these women? I feel like is a fifty-fifty admission of guilt. I was going to say something similar. Um, if you are one hundred percent innocent and you know that you're innocent, you go through the process, right? Settling where I agree with you, fifty-fifty. You want to be over and done with, right? You have the money. If I can settle this now, let's just get it over with, so I don't have to think about this. I know my innocence. If this is Deshaun thinking, quote unquote, just what I'm the entire he's time watching. he said that he's he saying just wants that he's to clear his name. So fifty-fifty is perfectly said. You settle. It's either you want to be over and done with this, like let me not think about it, or this is this is my way out. Let me settle this and not have to worry about and it. And you also have to think. For the people out there who say the women are in this for the money, if you're going out and you're suing this person, you have to go and talk to investigators, talk to police, relive this horrifying moment in your life. So don't be so ignorant to say be that. Be in the public eye. Exactly. Don't be so ignorant to say that, oh, she just wants her million dollars and get away. Like, no, she has to go and talk to all of these, for the most part, men and men she has never met in her life and explain to her what exactly Deshaun Watson has done or allegedly done to her. So don't just say just because you think it's for some money, like they have to go and relive this for it's been over a year now for sure it's been 18 months that this first came out so this is something that's constantly going on in their life having to deal with on a daily weekly basis so th there's a lot more that goes into it than just money and last year when this first popped up the lawyer that was on the case was tony busby and there was conspiracy theories around him because he is close to the texans organization that oh this was all a setup by the texans to you know indict Deshaun Watson Silly. and ruin his reputation. Tony Busby is in on it. 
But Tony Busby said in a statement that the overwhelming evidence collected indicting that the Houston Texans enabled Watson's behavior is incredibly damning. So if he was working with the Texans, he wouldn't out the Texans. So that in itself already diminishes the conspiracy theory that Tony Busby is working with the Texans because he is literally saying, no, the Texans don't deserve a pass in this. And it is true, according to the New York Times article that that dropped last week, the Texans did enable Deshaun Watson. They, they got non-disclosure agreements for him. They booked an entire hotel for him to bring these massage therapists to. They knew what was happening. So I, I think that automatically the Tony Busby state, statement does show that he wasn't working with the Texans to try to um, ruin Deshaun Watson. And I think Deshaun Watson should be punished for this. I, there's really no other way around it. Uh, report personally. actually just came out 30 minutes ago um that the the ruling isn't expected before july 11th they have uh, a cave uh, brief due that week and then the following week is july 18th training camps open on july 25th so yep. i mean i think the nfl deshaun nflpa all wants to get done before training camp um so it looks like we're probably still at least three weeks away so this past off season or this, currently in the offseason in the NFL, a lot of wide receivers have been paid big-time money. You have Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs, Cooper Cup, Terry McLaurin, D.J. Moore, Mike Williams, Christian Kirk, and I'm not even mentioning Allen Robinson, who didn't get a big-time payday, but he is definitely among those top echelon wide receivers. We're going to rank all these wide receivers that got paid this offseason, a sizable amount of money at least. So ranking these wide receivers, I'll go first. Number one. No, what are you doing? Bro, is this your first time? Is this your first time? Number one just sounds so much better. All right, question. Do you have eight guys? You have I, eight I have ten, actually. It's always I, something with him, bro. It really is always something. Always no, something. no, because really who, who am I missing? DJ, I forgot DJ Moore got paid. Mm. He definitely and Stephon, bro, bro tells Stephon us Diggs, And Stephon Diggs got extended, too. Stephon's not. We knew that. It Stephon was, was four years, ninety six mil though. That's pretty big money. You know, That's what? huge money. That's so huge. I had to give. I had to put Stephon Diggs in Son here. Son of a bitch, man. Actually, I actually don't. Like <laughs> it. We we dead ass talked about this like ten minutes before we came. No, to your no house. I know. Like, yo, here are the we, players. What we can do is I just everything before this. You give me two minutes to add DJ. Moore I just learned about and, it now. That's why. All right, good. In a tweet, right. I would I would have told you guys earlier if That's I knew right. about Listen, it earlier. No big deal. No big deal. No big deal. Okay. It better not be. Or what? It's not hard adding two players. No, it's not. That's why. Right? That's why I'm just saying, you know, you give me a little Especially bit. Especially Stephon Diggs and DJ Moore. Yeah, that's right? pretty. Yeah, no, it's easy. But how? We, but we're making this list because Terry McLaurin just got a three-year, $71 million bro, bro, extension. we're scrapping this 100%. No, we're also, how are we valuing this? Is this, are we ranking these players based on their just, contract? How good, like, yes. just how good they are? Yes. Like, it's value, no, it's value plus how good. Like, yeah, that's, yeah same And thing. while while you guys do your add the two players, I will say this. This guy's going to continue I, I with wanna, the show. I I no, I want to talk, I want to talk about Terry McLaurin real quick. Go I mean, you guys had your whole spiel talking about the Mets and Yankees. <laughs> I didn't get to talk for almost 20 minutes. So now it's my time to talk. Terry McLaurin in his career has run 1,629 routes, was targeted on only 357, and only 62% of them were catchable. And Carson Wentz has ranked dead last in accuracy over the last two years combined, a minimum of 600 attempts. So he's going to need, um, Warren Sharp tweeted this, and he's basically talking about how Terry McLaurin has played with awful quarterbacks his entire career. 
that were inaccurate and almost never threw him catchable passes. And now Carson Wentz is a similar type of quarterback who is not, he's not as bad as the other former Washington quarterbacks, but not close. He's one of the more inaccurate quarterbacks in the NFL. And I don't think it makes Terry McLaurin's life that much easier playing with Carson Wentz. Um, Terry McLaurin is an elite wide receiver, in my opinion. And I wish that he would get the chance to play with an actual, like, great quarterback uh, because I think he's one of the better receivers in the league that just doesn't have the opportunity because of the horrible quarterback play that he's been surrounded by. But he's still one of the better wide receivers. He agreed to a three-year, $71 million extension, and I think he's worth all of that money. And I'm glad he's staying in Washington. Terry McLaurin has been one of my favorite players in the NFL for a while now. Uh, he almost won me a fantasy championship in his rookie season and second season. Terry McLaurin's him. Yeah, he is. Did you guys finish your two players that you had to add in? Dude, not even freaking close. I can't believe this. You don't on. think so? It's really that hard yeah. for you guys, bro. I have a list of eight guys here. Now I got to move around who I want to do. Like it's, just, it's two players. I know, I'll, I'll start it first. Yeah, please. This is my top ten. So ranking the the, the ranking the wide receivers that got big time contracts this offseason, or at least. Pretty good contract, pretty good sizable contracts this offseason. The top 10, Christian Kirk is number 10. Number 9, Mike Williams. Number 8, Allen Robinson. Number 7, DJ Moore. Number 6, Terry McLaurin. Number 5, <laughs> AJ Brown. Number 4, Cooper Cup. Number 3, Stephon Diggs. Number 2, Tyreek Hill. And number 1, Devontae Adams. Those are my top ten wide receivers. So, so we did a, I did a little bit different. I did it the same least. way as you. Okay, so I did it based off value on top of how good you are, right? So I did it just off the best, which is fine. But you know, we already did a best receivers list, so I, I decided to take a little bit different approach. Uh, so number ten for me, Christian Kirk. Not much has to be said. He is not that good. He does not deserve to be paid eighteen million. But I understand if you're the Jaguars, you are in a position where you need a weapon. You have to pay relatively top dollar for one of these guys that's not necessarily going to want to come play in Jacksonville. I'll tell you right now, if I was a player in the NFL, Jacksonville would be nowhere near the top of my list of destinations I want to go. So you're going to have to give me some money to to draw me over there. Number nine is Mike Williams. I have Mike Williams there. If Christian Kirk was not on this list, Mike Williams would be dead last because I'm not a huge believer of Mike Williams. It took Mike Williams up until 2021 to really truly have a, a top 10 pick type season. Um, Mike Williams this past season was great. 1,100 yards, nine touchdowns. He was fantastic. Um, But in 2019, we saw him finally eclipse 1,000 yards and just barely, 1,001 yards. And we were expecting the following season after that, 2020 with Justin Herbert, for him to continue to excel. Herbert comes in, lights the world on fire, Was one of the, had one of the best rookie seasons we've ever seen from a quarterback. And he was underwhelming, 756 yards on five touchdowns. He was not great whatsoever, but again, to his credit, he was really good last season. What have you done for me lately? Mike Williams was great. But there was moments throughout this season where he was at his highs for sure, and then we saw Mike Williams dip down to that good old Mike Williams that we've come accustomed to. But then towards the end of the season, he came back up and was was pretty solid. Um, but I don't love the $20 million a year, but it's a new it's a new day we're living in. Receivers get paid an essential amount of money. And and I understand why receivers are super essential. Number eight, I have DJ Moore. Three years, $61 million, $20 million a year. Um Around you said number million. three? No, number eight. Real quick, you all signed Gary Payton. Don't gas me up. <laughs> Let's go. That's perfect. That's exactly what we needed. A nice 3 and D, a solid 3 and D that we can trust. That is great. That is excellent. I He's love to lying hear that. To you. What do you nah, mean? Bro, I'm dead us. Don't play with us. 
Come on, bro. The Laker Nation. Don't play. All right, number eight, I have DJ Moore. Three years, 61 million, 20 million a year, around 20 million a year. Now, DJ Moore is a great ball player, one of the more underrated ball players. No, did you? Ball sack sports? I think I got got. That's all right. I got got by Johnson White NBA. That's all right, man. Um, No worries. Uh, DJ Moore is one of the more underrated guys at the wide receiver position. Been super consistent, over 1,000 yards his last couple of seasons with mediocre quarterback play. To get DJ Moore for around that price tag is tremendous. The only reason I don't have him a little bit higher is because I like these guys a little bit more. Number seven, A.J. Brown. Four years, $100 million, $25 million a year. A.J. Brown, when he's healthy, is one of the best receivers in this league. Uh, I understand that he is, when he's on the field, he's one of the most exciting guys, but it's when he's on the field. He's a little bit too injury prone for my liking. And when he's on the field, he's great, but $25 million a year for someone who you can't trust to play the whole season, I don't know about that. Number six, Allen Robinson. This is, talk about value. Allen Robinson's 28 years old, coming off the worst year of his career, but had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, getting paid $15.5 million a year for the next three seasons to play opposite of Cooper Cup with Matthew Stafford. I'm expecting him to definitely do dividends to that contract. So you have A-Rob over Terry? I do. No, no, not at all. Who did you have A-Rob over? I have A-Rob over DJ uh, Moore and A.J. Brown. Wow. Uh, for value, $15.5 million a season. That is something you can't beat. He's the 22nd highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. I'm taking that to the crib every single time, especially with Matthew Stafford as my quarterback. Number five is Tyreek Hill. Four years, $120, 30000000 million a year. Becomes the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL on a year-to-year basis. Tyreek Hill is one of the most explosive, if not the most explosive wide receiver we've ever seen in the NFL. Only reason I have him a little bit under is because I like these guys. Probably as two or two. I like these guys' situations a little bit better than than Tyreek's. And thirty million a year, thirty million a year to a wide receiver. We're gonna have to wait and see on that one. We're gonna have to see how Tyreek actually performs with this contract. Uh number four for me is Devontae Adams. Five years, 140, 28 million a year. Devontae Adams is what, 28, 29 years old. The reason why I have him so high on this list is one, Devontae Adams is still a top two receiver in the NFL. Um at at, at worst, top three. Um uh, and now he go he's going to play with one of his best friends, Derek Carr. The offense should be super exciting. Derek Carr is not a bum by any means. He is a top 12 at worst quarterback in the NFL. That should be a great pairing, and, and Devontae Adams should play well. But at that age, that's a lot of money. It's Devontae Adams. You pay it. Uh, number three for me, Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs with Josh Allen is going to be one of the best duos in the league for years and years to come, for however many years that Stephon Diggs has left on his contract. You can trust, you can take that to the bank, that that's going to be a home run. Number two for me, Terry McLaurin. Why I love the deal for $23.3 million a year. He has been one of the most underappreciated wide receivers because he plays with mediocrity at best. 94th percentile success rate in man-to-man press. Uh, career best, 80.3 success rate versus zone. Last year, 62.7% of Terry McLaurin's targets were catchable. The lowest rate of all receivers with 100-plus targets. Terry McLaurin is him. He has Carson Wentz as his quarterback now. I am 100% expecting a career year from Terry this season. And number one, without a doubt, this should be obvious. Cooper Cup, number one, three years, $80.1 million, $26.7 million a year. The fact that Cooper Cup is coming off the greatest wide receiver, he is coming off the greatest wide receiver season in the history of the game, and he is not the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL, is an automatic come up at that. The fact that Cooper Cup was willing to take a pay cut to stay with this Rams team to contend for a Super Bowl once again speaks dividends to his character. But on top of that, you understand that Cooper Cup is better than $26.7 million a year. And for that value, it's got to be number one. You think he's better than uh, Tyreek Hill? This is a player, player for player. 
I'm a Tyreek guy. I understand that Tyreek. And listen, that's someone who's a Broncos fan who's seen Tyreek terrorize us for years and years. He is the most exciting player I've I've seen at the wide receiver position in my life. Maybe maybe Antonio Brown in terms Calvin? of what you're doing on the field. Who? Calvin? Mm, fair enough. He's, he's like top three. I he's could be wrong on this, but I doubt Cooper Cup replicates the season. I'll guarantee you he has 1,300 yards this season. And I, I, I don't oh, yeah, I, I don't think Cooper Cup's better than Stephon Diggs. I don't think he's better than Tyreek Hill. It's such I don't a hard think he's better than Devontae What Adams. number did you have Cooper Cup here? I have him at four. Well, you had Cooper Cup as number two as your wide receivers for next year, correct? Yeah, production wise, yeah, I can, I can well, see. Well, that's it. why you have to respect him again. But I, I don't think he's better than these. He guys. He didn't do though. any like what he did last season was beyond the word normal and great. He yeah. was all world perfect last season. You have to give him that respect. So I did a little bit different than both you guys. Now that I'm, I'm thinking about it, so you did it based on best well, I think player, he's the best, which yeah. is just at that point, it's just a wide receiver ranking. So I don't really agree with your list. Um, you did it based on value about you know how these contracts. You don't agree with my list in terms of what? You should. This is just a, a top ten wide receiver list. Then no, yeah, it's a top ten. It's a top ten wide receiver receivers list with Mike that Williams got that, and Christian. Kirk. It's a top ten wide receivers that got paid list. But it's a, it's a regular wide receiver Boring. list. I looked at this as if I was a general manager, what contract would I want to give out the most most to least? So starting mm-hmm. off at ten, I, I like mean that. we all agree ten and nine. We have the same guys: Christian Kirk, Mike Williams. It's really the top eight. I think that are all debatable. Eight, I think, well, I think it's the best value. It's Allen Robinson, just because I think the seven guys above him just clear him very easily. I agree. All the seven guys above him are top 15 receivers. Maybe Allen Robinson's like that after, you know, getting back with, or not getting back, but joining Matt having an elite quarterback. I want you to keep going and name your list. Okay, because 2019 and 2020, um, he had averaged 100 receptions, 1,200 yards, and seven touchdowns with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. At number six, excuse me, number seven, almost died there, I have Terry McLaurin. Um, I know there's a very, you know, hardcore Terry McLaurin fan base. We get You're not uh, a big Terry guy. We get into heated debate shout the Patreon all the time about Terry versus AJ, Terry versus uh DJ Moore, whoever it might be. DK, Deontay, the names go on and on. And he's had terrible quarterback play. Twenty nineteen he played with Keenum, Haskins, Cole McCoy. Twenty twenty was Alex Smith, Haskins, Kyle Allen. This past season it was mostly Tyler uh Taylor Heineke. Fitzpatrick started a game. Garrett Gilbert, I forgot about that, started a game as well. And through it all, he never had less than 900 yards. Back-to-back seasons, over 1,000 yards in 2020 and 2021. And I'm starting to come around that he's going to be... I know I have been a bit of a Terry hater, according to you guys. I'm at wide receiver like 15 instead of 12, which makes me a hater. Um, but with Carson Wentz, I know you did mention that catchable ball rate being the lowest in the NFL. I still think he's an upgrade over Taylor Heineke. And I think Terry McLaurin's going to have probably a career year, surpass 1,200 yards. So I'm coming around a little bit. And he's also the best contested catch receiver literally in the game. If you go at PFF, 25 contested catches last season, the most in the NFL. And number six, I have A.J. Brown. That's he's my guy. He's my he's might be my favorite receiver, my second fa- favorite receiver cool. in the league. Him and, and Justin Jefferson uh, has nothing to do with them being on my dynasty team. That's for sure. Um, but I think it's funny that we get in these debates about AJ Brown not being able to stay healthy. He's played three less games than Terry McLaurin. Nobody talks about Terry being injured. AJ's only played three less games than them. They came in the same draft, obviously. And I just think AJ's a little bit better. Um, through three years, three thousand yards, twenty four touchdowns. He averaged seventy yards per game. That was the same as Travis Kelsey last year. Um, and he's doing this on arguably the most run-heavy team in the NFL with Derrick Henry. In 2021, Tennessee had the most rushing attempts per game. 2020, the third most. 2019, the seventh most. Um, so he's, although he's still on a rushing-heavy team with the Eagles, he just got a $100 million contract. He's going to get looks. At six, I have DJ Moore. Three years, $61 million. Five. 
Only twenty million dollars per season. At five. DJ Moore five. At five, sorry. Um, forty million guaranteed for a guy that has three straight seasons of eleven hundred plus yards with really mid quarterback play. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater's probably been his best quarterback, who is probably like the twentieth best quarterback on any given season. That that may even be a little bit high. Um, at number four, I have Tyree Kill. This top four is the elite of the elite. The only reason I have Tyreek at four is just because he's getting paid the most. He's getting the $30 million per season, the $72 million guarantee, which is second most just behind Cooper Cup by like $3 million or so. I have no worries with Tyreek Hill. I know people are skeptical with him and Tua because Tua doesn't have this big arm. Mahomes does. Tyreek Hill is going to be fine. On short passes last year, 0-9 to nine yards. He had the fifth most receptions, seventh most yards. You have to remember that defenses played the Chiefs differently last year. They played the two high looks, so Tyreek got a ton of looks underneath and over the middle of the field in intermediate so Tyreek Hill still gonna be fine even though he probably won't get as many broken 50 yard bombs like he did with Patrick Mahomes at three I have Stephon Diggs four years about 100 million dollars 70 million guaranteed only 24 million dollars per year I mean that seems like a steal for a guy as good as Stephon Diggs year in and year out he's been one of the best receivers in the league even going back to Minnesota a bit underrated once he got to Buffalo he really had his breakout season at two I have Devontae Adams $28 million per year, a little bit more, about four mil more than Stefan Diggs, but two mil less than Tyreek Hill. I didn't even realize this last year, but he's coming off a career season. He had the most targets, receptions, and yards of his career last year. I didn't even realize that until I looked at his pro reference uh, stats last night. Um, also had the fifth highest pass rate when targeted. I mean, we know how great he is. And at number one, I have Cooper Cup. He's the best receiver in the league or coming off the best uh, wide Ooh. receiver season. I don't think he's the best. I have him at three, I want to say. Um, but $75 million guaranteed. 25 mil per season in you're terms taking, of the guaranteed money. You're taking Devontae and Jettas over Jamar. Yeah. And Cup. Yeah. Yeah. I have Can't Jettas for it right Can't now. Agree. Whoa. So, okay. So, you think DJ Moore is better than Terry McLaurin? I think they're neck and neck. Who do you think is better, though? I would rather have Terry. It's really close. Slight edge DJ Moore, but I don't okay. feel strongly about it. And you think it. AJ Brown is better than both? Yeah. Okay. So, our list started with the same three. Christian Kirk, Williams, and Allen Robinson. Yeah. I had DJ Moore at seven because I think Terry McLaurin is better at six. But you think you had Terry McLaurin at seven and you yeah. had DJ Moore at, at six. I had DJ and Moore at five. Had, I had AJ Brown six. Oh, okay, okay. So your list is basically the best wide receivers. No, because I would have AJ Brown above DJ Moore. And I understand the value of DJ Moore. $20 million a year. And I would have someone that's been I would consistently have on the above, field. Uh, I would have Tay above Cup. So really not much to change it because we had Tyreek Hill at the same spot, I believe. I had no, we had Stephon Diggs at the same spot. I had him at three. At three. Yeah, I have him at three too. So there's some differences. So our, our sim- there's, it's very similar there's like, though. There's 10 players and there's like four differences. Yeah, but in your differences is because you think some are better. That's why. Well, yeah, I said if I'm a GM, what contract do I want to give out? So it has to do with value and with what I think of the player, not just what I think of the player because then it would be different. I don't know. I think that I'm, if I'm a GM, I'm willing to give out the contract to who I think to the person who I think is better. I don't disagree with that at all. But I'm I'm looking at it from the lens of these contracts were already given out. Let me I let me really evaluate the true value behind these. I'm just bringing it up because you said, "Oh, you did it so wrong," <laughs> and it's yeah, a was, similar list. Trolling. What's going to be a similar list? Regardless, we have like. Four of the best wide receivers in the league. They're all going to be in our top yeah. four. My list then is definitely different. DJ, AJ Brown, and Terry. No, your, Everyone, list, your list was more based on the value of it. Yours, where'd you have Allen Robinson? I had Allen Robinson at six. Okay. So regardless, we had 
because the top four are four of the best receivers in the league. Then the next three, DJ, AJ Brown, and Terry, are all three guys that everyone debates. And then we have the obvious uh, A-Rob, Mike Will, and Christian Kirk. You had him at, at six, but I had him at eight. I don't remember where you had him, but like who, it's who, pretty who, obvious. Who, who, who Allen Robinson. I had him at eight. Me too. Yeah. Like we That's have, what I'm saying. Have, I know, but if you think about it, you have three guys who are not bottom-tier receivers, but aren't close to those other seven guys. The, the, the real difference the was that you had Cooper Cup at one. I had him at four. And... It was the 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 middle of it. it Cooper was, Cups deserves to be one though. It was DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, AJ Brown, which everyone debates. Yes, but you had DJ Moore over McLaurin because you think DJ Moore is better because the you, contracts are similar. Yeah, and you had AJ Brown behind DJ Moore, so you had I DJ did. Moore at five. Yes, yeah, because I've twenty mil for DJ Moore seems very cheap. It's a good deal. Thinking about yards. it now, I think I would put him over AJ Brown contract wise and value wise, yeah. given the fact that DJ is just the epitome of consistency. So, yeah, that would be the only thing that I would change thinking about it now. But even still, A.J. Brown, when he's on the field, is just... And it hurt putting him over him. there. I love D.J. more, too, though. He's he's within, like, three or four spots of A.J. You know, I was really hoping that we had a Matt Ryan topic because <laughs> I have so much ammunition for it. Oh, but my God. We're going to wait on that. Thank God. Because thank, I know... Thank it's, God it's, it's right. We're, we're going to talk about talk Matt about Ryan, Matt Ryan way too much. Way, way too, too much. much. You know, I have some stats that are damning. And you passed this to me during the segment. This is a Gabriel Davis card. You know that every other day I'm getting tagged in a Gabriel Davis TikTok? As you should. Every other day. As you should. He's going to have a big time season. You actually saw... Uh, Emmanuel Sanders called him a pro Am I part of the Gabriel Davis hype train also? You, do you want to be? Not not like the 1250 hype train, but like I'm definitely on the side that Over I believe Gabriel... Yeah, I'm, I'm on that side for sure. Um, you saw Brett <laughs> Coleman made a Colts video? What did he say about him? He, I didn't... He I didn't actually... The title of the video was the Indianapolis Colts are going to the Super Bowl. He's a but smart guy. You know what he's historically known for. He's not a casual. You know what he's historically known for. He, missing court, missing on quarterbacks. No, he's known for every time he puts out a video, he curses whatever team he makes. Yeah. Well, Matt Ryan is not one of those guys who's <laughs> going to be able to curse. I don't know. Last, let me not. Let me not. Did you watch not. the whole video? Or you just saw the title. No, I, I haven't watched it, but I saw he tweeted it out. And I, I meant to send it to you actually. You know, you actually got to watch that video so you can see what I see in the Colts. They got a. They got a good team. I they have. Win a, the, I have them win the division. Stacked. I have them win the they're division. Stacked. I'm not over here no, saying call, they're going to miss the playoffs. You're calling them like a first round playoff exit team. They could be. Yeah, they like, could be. Matty Ice. Stop talking like Matty Ice is this all time legend. I would honestly bet that the. Colts are better than the Broncos, bro. How much you want to bet that? In terms of further the playoffs, records, I have some of mine written down. I'm not going to lie. Your takes? Some of our our bets, yeah. Oh, Oh, I have them all written down. You know what I'm thinking? You you know what Inside the NBA does when they have like a a little whiteboard and they write it down? Yeah, we got to do that. Like takes that we really... could go right there. This is a wall. I would say we need something that I feel like they could see, though. Yeah. Maybe go right there They don't have to see it. We just keep track of it and... Okay. You know, so, so what's wrong with the wall? We can put a whiteboard right there on the oh, wall. Oh, no, no. I thought, I thought you were talking oh, you about like writing a, on the wall. No. Oh, you meant like a big-ass whiteboard? <laughs> That's why I said No, you get wall. a whiteboard, you put it right I there. I actually do have a whiteboard. Down. I have a whiteboard. It could be can, put right there. Yeah, because... That's a wall. I, do I look <laughs> you know, like I'm because, stupid? It's <laughs> a <laughs> so, wall. Imagine you just scribble on my wall. Jesus Christ. No, but yeah, I, I would I would love to do that because I'm going to be like mostly right. <laughs> okay. I am. Real, when I mean, you say I mean, I'm, um, I'm always right, I'm on Broncos over Colts train for sure. Um, Broncos over Colts train. Okay. Do you mean the Broncos will go or the Colts will go farther in the playoffs? A better regular season record. What, what do you think by like? Oh, as of now, better regular season record. Okay, and that's an L. Yeah, and then I'm fifty fifty on that. Not only better regular season record, but when you guys meet in the regular season, they're gonna. I'll take mm. the. Where is it in uh, Denver? Or? I don't know. I think it, it might be. If it's in Denver, yeah, give me the give me Denver easy. 
Matt Ryan. Man, you be sleeping on him, man. He's so good. I think we all agree here that he's like the 16th best quarterback in the league. That's not an indictment. No, 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 no. Hell no. He's he's top 15 easily. Uh, I said 16, bro. Was he 14? No. Like, oh, sick. He, that, that, no, that's, I think, that, that's I think when I did my quarterback guy. rankings on my Twitter, at Andrew 5 as I believe that I put him pretty high. I think 13. You're a smart man. Did you have him over Kirk Cousins? I did have him over Kirk Cousins. And this, I do believe Maddie's going to have a good season. It's just going to come down to the weapons if it's going to really deter him or not. But I'm curious where you have that 11 to 15 range. Uh, Dak Prescott, 11. Uh, 12, Derek Carr. 13, Matt Ryan. 14, Kirk Cousins. 15. I have Hurts, but every part of me wants to. I have to Matt Ryan at 15. Who do you have, 16, 17? I have two of 16, 17, Jameis Winston. So Lam- okay. for me, Lamar's 10, Kyler 11, Kirk 12, 13, Carr, 14, Dak, and 15, Matt. List immediately gets I thrown out 16. once Kyler's at 11. Yeah, but you said it very disrespectfully. <laughs> no, because the sixth, if you're talking about 16, that's this is my list. 16, I have Jameis. 17 is Hurts. 18 is Zach Wilson. So 19 you're saying there's is a Wentz. tear break. They're definitely a tear break. I know break. what you're saying. Yeah. Matt Ryan is like great, great. Yeah, great. I would much rather have Matt Ryan he's than Jameis like, Winston. He's great, great. Like that guy is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, is he? I want to meet him. Matt man. Ryan? Yeah. Wasn't it a question of whether Matthew Stafford was going to be a Hall of Famer before this year? Matt Ryan's more of a Hall of Famer than Matt Ryan. When you address, I the, mean, Matt Ryan's more of a Hall of Famer than Stafford. When you talk not. about the real Matty Ice, he won a Super Bowl. Come on, and he had one. He had an amazing postseason run. No, he did, but like, and he what, actually didn't choke in the Super bro, Bowl. If we're talk, he, Matt Ryan threw three touchdowns and zero picks. And what do you do in the Voice second half, brother? Bro, the defense <laughs> sold, but the defense <laughs> could sell. The no, offense defense, could also yeah, score. No, a question: When the, when the offense scores, the other the opposing team's offense scores, right? Believe it or not, the other team's offense gets the ball. Believe it or not, do yes. they? Oh they wow, I, maybe I am new to football. I think they changed the rules. Yeah, y'all are hating too much. <laughs> you know, you know that um, somebody who writes for the Athletic, Ted Ted Nguyen, I think that's how you um, pronounce his last name. He actually wrote an article about the Colts and Matt Ryan, and I'm just gonna. Read you the headline in this tweet. I'm crying that we, I don't know Ryan, what to talk about the Colts this This is what he said. Ryan is three seasons removed from a 35 touchdown pass season. Three seasons nuts. Listen, and doesn't look much different now than he did a few years ago. With a better supporting cast, I wouldn't be surprised if Ryan is one of the most productive quarterbacks in the league next season. Y'all, look, you're looking like a casual, bro. <laughs> bro looks happy I as hell saying that. No, no, because no, because I. Are we really going to talk about Manny Ice? No, no. Like, this is the last thing I'll say. Because I literally saw this from a mile away, and now everybody is currently writing about it and how he's going to have this great season. Everybody's on the Colts. But I, I was first. Now you were, you were, I like sure. early, you, early. You were early, yes. Early, you were, early. You were. Now everybody's I've jumping on the train. never the Colts. Never, not once. No, but you've always just been indifferent. Sure. You never picked a side. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I am on the side that they will win the division. They will win uh, the so, division. So am I. And... They but he's he's looking at them as like Madison, Super Bowl and Batman. I'm looking at them as serious contenders. See, that's the crazy part. It's not because Alec Pierce is gonna have a thousand yards. <laughs> oh man! No, no, you know who's gonna have. You a didn't even mention Jelani Woods, bro. That he's gonna be huge. You didn't even mention Jelani Woods. Huge. You know who's gonna have a big time yards. year though, for real, for real. Jelani Woods, Paris Campbell. Oh, I'm telling yeah. you, it's happening this year. Um, I, I think did, Alec Pierce gonna have more yards than Paris Campbell. Matty Paris Ice Campbell. loves his tight ends. It would not surprise me if did Jelani you, had a Did big you year. see? Did you As see? As a rookie. Jelani has the physical attributes to, to put up, what, 500? It's uh, possible. He has the physical attributes, yeah, but historically, rookies, tight ends just really don't do anything. We'll and see. he was, what, a third round, fourth round pick? Given the fact, yes, you're right. But tight Alec Pierce is, is going to have a really good year. Like, if you're great, you get drafted in the first round for sure. But yeah. 
tight ends usually get, I mean, George Kittle was what, a fourth rounder? Am I wrong I'm, about I'm that? Been, fifth. Um, my point being is with the lack of weapons in this Colts offense, if Jelani shows out in training camp and he impresses early, it would not be a shock to me if he I started. I think you guys say that, but like, I, look, I think Alec Pierce is really a I'm sleeper. with you. I'm not saying, I mean, so he was a second round pick. I, I think know, we're like, definitely going to no, see yeah, Jelani Woods put up some crazy videos in training camp just because he's athletically he's a, freak. a freak. He is. Yes. And he, Paris Campbell's been putting those up. He ran a 4 5 1, I think. He's the most athletic tight end of all time. Real, uh, over in terms of Kyle Pitts? in terms of RES score, yeah, uh, I believe that. Ten out of six, All seven. I'm saying is that. Oh, did you guys see this PFF uh, post that they did earlier? Um, it was I think Michael Pittman said that we're going to be scary, and PFF posted the quote with the picture of like their wide receiver core, and it was <laughs> like Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, Paris Campbell, and like people, you know, people, you know, yeah. people commenting on that as they should. No, but as they should. Should. it's the worst though? wide receiver room in the NFL. No, no, it's not. The Jaguars, Jaguars are the only one. ones that rival. The Bears. I would Mooney and 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 MP, I would take MPJ easy. Bro, right. honestly, like I think you guys are sleeping That's, on their core. Yeah. I think it's not as bad nah, as people nah, think. I, I'm exaggerating. They're, you they're know, actually, five. Five. I, so I, I started a franchise with them in Madden. I'm like five and zero oh right now. <laughs> Playing the computer. Did you trade for <laughs> yeah. Jettas? No, I have the core. I actually signed Julio, but I released him because Man. I wanted I, Alec Pierce. Oh. oh my! Alec Pierce has been so good for me, and Paris Campbell takes the top off the defense. I also heard um, Madden Twenty Three might be available on Game Pass Day One. Hot, yes, hot, yes. The fact that they're turning Game Pass to Netflix just gets me what? going. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, it's tough, super tough. Yeah. Um, now we're gonna go on to the part of the show where we give our NFC North predictions, and we're gonna start from the best team in the NFC North last season to the worst team. So first up. The Green Bay Packers. Now, the Packers finished 13 and 4 last season. And the big question mark with them this year is is the wide receiver room going to hold them back? Um, people have been saying Minnesota could be better than them this year. They lost Devontae Adams. Now you're looking at a core that Sammy Watkins is their best receiver. Alan Lazard, hopefully he breaks out. They drafted Christian Watson. Randall Cobb is still there. So it's not the void of talent, but it's definitely the void of great talent or established talent. So how do you feel about the Packers coming into the season? I am definitely not low on them when it comes to the regular season. The Packers are going to be the Packers in the regular season like they've been over these last couple of years. Um, But come playoff time, they're going to feel it. And I know that we're doing a, a predictions on the regular season. But when we're talking about the Packers, when you're talking about Aaron Rodgers, you're automatically going to, to to associate them with the playoffs because I do believe they will be a playoff team. Spoiler, I do have them winning the division as well. But with a room of Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, and Christian Watson, who I am high on, I think Christian Watson is going to have a fine season, and it would not be a shock to me at all that Christian Watson finds himself as the wide receiver one in this wide receiver room. Um, but the fact that this wide receiver room is as not – experienced enough for my liking. And by experienced, I mean, I guess experienced. Thank you very much. Uh, The lack thereof production where Sammy Watkins has had a couple fine seasons, but uh, the lizard King shout out to the fantasy (laughs) footballers. uh, He's a, he's a week one shiner, right? He he comes out week one. He's absolutely all world rest of the season. You can't expect that. Not nowhere near that type of production. And when he was on the Ravens, he was underwhelming. Um, But Ultimately, I do worry about this wide receiver core come playoff time. I don't think it'll impact them too much uh, during the regular season. Uh, their defense is going to be unbelievable this year. It could potentially be a top five defense in the league. Uh, and when you have Aaron Rodgers, especially during the regular season where he is 
him and him and Peyton Manning are the two regular season kings, in my opinion. I think when I think of the regular season, I think Peyton Manning's the greatest regular season quarterback that we will ever see. And then right after that is Aaron Rodgers coming back, coming off back to back MVPs. Aaron Rodgers, without a doubt, is still at minimum a top four quarterback in the NFL. At minimum, um, there uh, to get to it though with my record prediction. I actually have the Packers going 12-5 and five, uh, to go through it really quick. Week one, I have them losing at Minnesota. Um, and that's not indicative of how I, how I believe Minnesota is going to be this season. Just, I think, week one at Minnesota. I think Minnesota comes out with something to prove, and they lose that game. Uh, have them beating Chicago. At Tampa Bay, I have them losing. Versus New England, I have them winning. Versus the Giants, I have them winning. Versus the Jets, I have them winning. Versus Washington, excuse me. At Washington, I have them winning. At Buffalo, loss. At Detroit, loss. Uh, versus Dallas, W. Versus Tennessee, W. At Philly, W. At Chicago, W. By week. Versus the Rams, I have them losing. At Miami, I have them winning. Versus Minnesota, I have them winning. Versus Detroit, I have them winning for a record of 12-5. and five. So originally the question was about the wide receiver core. Am I correct? Correct. Um, so well, it's all, it's, you know, just it's Packers in general. Yeah, it is a prediction of their the, season. The topic list, yeah. yeah. Um, very famous topic list. The Packers wide receiver core, you have to be terrified, I think, if you're a Packers <laughs> fan. Because at this point... Having a good regular season just isn't enough. I actually got into, we were talking in the Discord yesterday and to Joey about the Steelers, about how the last 10 years, they've been a good team in the regular season. They've won the division multiple times. Obviously, Mike Tomlin never under 500, uh, 500 record at any single season. But in the playoffs, the Steelers have three playoff wins in the last 10 years. I don't know the yeah. Packers off the top of my head. They have more than three. I'm, I'm pretty positive about that. But at this point, it's not enough for the Packers to just be good in the regular season because I do have them win the division. It's only by one game between them and Minnesota. So I'm not 100% confident that it's going to be the Packers and they're going to be the one seed. But if you look at all the playoff teams from last year and you look at their wide receiver core compared to the Packers wide receiver core of this year, it stacks up against two teams, the Patriots and the Eagles. And those two teams got smoked in the first round and it wasn't even close. All of the other teams, Titans with A.J. Brown, Chiefs, Tyree, Kelsey, Bill, Stephon Diggs, Bengals, obviously Jamar T, Raiders with Waller and Renfro, Steelers, Deontay and Claypool. And then the NFC, you had the Bucks, who were without Godwin, but still had Mike Evans and obviously Tom Brady. Cowboys with Cooper and CeeDee. The Rams with Cup and Odell before he got hurt. The Cardinals with D-Hop. 49ers with Kittle and Debo. All of these other teams have elite options at, at one or another, or at least a really good option like uh, Deontay Johnson or even Devontae Smith clears everybody on the Packers. not even 100%. close. 100%. So I think if you're a Packers fan, Christian Watson, you have to yeah clears Christian Watson. Don't get me going. Clears please. Christian Watson. Don't get me going. You have to be worried if you're a Packers fans, but you have Lafleur, you have Rodgers. So I think that the regular season you'll be fine. I think Aaron Jones is due for a career year in terms of receiving game. He had 52 receptions last year. He might have 70. Great, this great analysis. I I forgot to mention that as well, but 100. percent And AJ Dillon has to see an increase in workload as well if, if he's going to get if uh. Aaron Jones need that much receiving work. I think AJ Dillon will be utilized as well. Another breakout year as they're, well. They're two best offensive options by far. Um, but at the end, I have them at what was the record? Eleven and six. Um, th- what would you have them? I have them twelve and five. 12 and I'm five. interested in your losses. Um, the losses I have, I actually do have them losing Week One at Minnesota. I have at Tampa Bay as a loss. Yep. At Buffalo. At Philly against the Rams. At Philly. Okay, that's the only difference we have. Okay. Yep. I have them losing to Detroit also, so interesting. Whoa. Maybe I did my thing wrong. You're, oh. very, you're very high in Detroit, so. Kind of. One shock. Very kind of. Very kind of. One, two, three, four, five. Do you have six losses? I have 11. Oh, did I just say five? One, two, three. Four. I only have five on the schedule. 
I think so. Kind of what I do with the schedule when I do these predictions, I go through it and I give everyone their wins and losses. And then once I have that set, so I have them at 12 and 5, I kind of just, how do I feel about the team? I'm saying, like, do I really like this team? I'll give them, okay, like, because on every schedule, there's like two or three games that could go either way. So I gave them an extra loss on my 11 6. Well, I can name you the six losses because I have 11 and 6 as well. They split with Minnesota. I think they sweep Chicago and Detroit. I really do. I know last year they they didn't sweep Detroit, but that's because they didn't play their starters week. Uh, 17, you know, or week 18, whatever it is. You know how the NFL stuff goes. Yeah, Rogers and like Jordan Love played. Jordan Love played that game. <laughs> um, So Minnesota loss, Tampa Bay. I do have them losing to Buffalo. I have them losing to the Rams, which is four. And then I think tough games for them is definitely Tennessee. I think that's a tough game. I think Dallas is a tough game. Agreed. And I think Miami's also a tough game. I don't think that's a slouch. No, definitely not. So those are three games that I think are toss-ups. And based on how Dallas is, I think Dallas can definitely beat them. They can shock them. And possibly Tennessee or Miami. You know, I think they can definitely shock them. So those are the losses I have for them. But their schedule is relatively easy. You know, Chicago, their pushovers. New England is a much worse roster. Both New York teams, even though the Jets would be, I think, more competitive, um, they're still a very young team, and the Packers have a great defense. Detroit lost twice? Yeah, I do think so. Ah, yeah. They're competitive. Defense, yeah, I think, okay, and I can respect that fine. I think they that Detroit, their offense is much better this season. However, to your guys' uh, credit, Green Bay's defense is going to be elite this Phenomenal. season. Yeah. And then Washington. Washington also, I think they can beat them. Philadelphia is definitely a toss-up game. Surprise, Washington. I'm worried to, for when we do our Washington, or excuse me, our NFC East predictions because I have Washington losing a ton of matchups, yeah. a ton, and maybe because their defense was very underwhelming last season. That's why I'm so very. low going into the season. But if they're healthy, who knows? Their secondary still is not good at all. But yeah, the year before they had an elite defense. They were amazing. That's why they're hard to project, uh, project especially with Carson Wentz coming in now. That offense should be a little bit better, but we're not talking about them. Yeah. The reason why I would have the Packers beating the Eagles is because I'm still not sold on Jalen Hurts all the way. And one thing about the Packers is that Agreed. regardless of what you want to say about the wide receiver core, Robert Tunyon's coming back, who doesn't move me. He might not move you. <laughs> I, I don't not. think he pushes the needle crazy not at all but he's but a reliable he is he is Rogers. somebody that should have been a pro bowler in 2020 oh, sh- he should have made it over evan ingram that's <sighs> that's a fact if your a competition is evan ingram evan ingram made the pro bowl though no but the tight end position is actually weak. good now though it, yeah yeah, now, yeah now it's good i would say two three years ago so robert tony i think he definitely helps them in like that, that in bro, that department a 2020 season he had and 580 yards like he had eleven touchdowns. It, like, come on. Like, we get it. I know, it's but it's not a lot of yards. But eleven touchdowns. Is I know, but tight ends could just get into touchdowns. Like, dude, when Mike Williams has six hundred sixty-four yards, I'm not impressed. But then I look at ten touchdowns, and automatically you have to give him that respect. Do you think Robert Tunney gets eleven touchdowns? Absolutely no way. Absolutely. That's no what way. I'm saying. Uh-huh. What I'm saying is that I think people are looking way too into the wide receiver thing, because ultimately the Packers are still going to be able to move the ball. Matt Lafleur has shown that he's one of the better coaches in the league. Aaron Rodgers finds a way all the time, at least in a regular season. And in the playoffs, he doesn't play as bad as people would like to make it seem like. They lose. He was poopy this last season. He was. Okay. But well, it was also, We're not also saying... hard conditions. Well, okay, let me finish. Let me finish. They still had the 10th, 10th ranked offense last season. 
13th ranked defense. They had a 32nd ranked special teams unit. Rich Basaccia, who's a special teams head coach, he's a specialist. That number's going up. The reason why the Packers lost in the playoffs was special teams. They got a punt blocked. It literally in their own re- in we their own end zone. Say they lost because of the special teams. Well, that was the big. That was the right. game breaking. Also, play. I don't disagree. That shifted the momentum. But you have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You have Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, who had over a hundred yards receiving well, that you're, game. You're, well, you're right. What, what what I'm saying though is that the 49ers were not able to move the ball that game. The only reason they put those points up on the board was because of that blocked punt. I don't disagree at all. I don't know if they have a different punter, but they still have Mason Crosby. Who's I'm not out on year. him. I'm not I, out. I, I mean, he Mason's, has years. He's great. He's, he's really good. Mason's still a really good kicker. And we're talking about a Packers love team last talking year. talking about kickers, man. I love it. <laughs> we're no talking sleep. about a Packers team last year who defensively were 13th ranked, 8th against the pass, and Jair Alexander did 100%. not play last year. Darius Smith, another so one. So now you have Jair Alexander coming back, Eric Stokes second year, yep. Razul Douglas who jumped on the scene, and this 18th ranked defense against the run is going to be better because, I mean, their front seven is is really, really good. They drafted really Quay good. Walker, linebacker, Devontae Wyatt, defensive lineman. So now your front seven is Preston Smith, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry. They signed Jerron Reed, Rashawn Gary, who I think Beast. is going to have a breakout Beast. season. They still have Devondre Campbell. Now you add in Quay Walker. Wish like, we got him. This, this front seven is arguably one of the better ones in football. Yeah. And their offensive line is healthy this year. You're getting David Boxiari back. Um, Elton Jenkins is coming back because he missed most of the season this past season. So I think Green Bay is going to be a run-first team. Like you mentioned, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. They're a top-five duo in terms of running backs in the NFL. And it really just depends on what type of version are you getting out of Sammy Watkins. Is he going to be a bit better? Um, is Alan he's Lazard— is Alan Lazard, is he poised for a potential breakout? He's also you know, you 700 think? yards. <laughs> Look, I think Alan Lazard is a good receiver. Is he a great one? Not he's not a, he's not. better than Christian Kirk. No. He can have a more productive season than he's he is. He's not better than Christian Kirk. I, I don't, I'm not. As someone who's low on Christian Kirk, I would take I think Christian, Christian Kirk, Kirk clears Alan Lazard. I'll Easy. be honest. He Easy. clears him. I think Alan Lazard is going to um, at least have 800 yards this year receiving. Dude, listen, it's not yeah. the craziest thing to say given the, the opportunity he's yeah. going to have. And Christian Watson, to me, he's a beast. I'm very high I'm excited. On him. I'm excited. So it really depends on if these unproven receivers to this point can hopefully take that next step. But that's the only position group on the Packers that you look at, and you, and it's it's not good. But every other one, they have a top safety duo. They have a top cornerback room. So they have a top secondary room in football. Their sure. linebacking core is really good, much improved from years past. They have one of the better defensive lines. They have one of the better running back committees. They have a top five quarterback in the NFL, two-time MVP back-to-back. And their offensive line is healthy. It could be a top 10 unit. And Robert Tunyon isn't a scrub. So, you, I mean, this team is very good. If they make one midseason trade, like, for example, uh, back in 2019, the 49ers— um, wide receiver room was very bad. They yep. traded for Emmanuel Sa- Sanders midseason and were able to go on a Super Bowl run and, and make it. They lost to the Chiefs, but they were able to do that. There's a potential chance that the Packers are trading for a wide receiver midseason, and that pushes them over the top. There are still but, wide receivers available on the free agent market, too. Julio. How how washed is Julio Jones that he's not signed right now? That's pretty That's pretty upsetting to me, given, the fact, that Julio, you know? that given yeah. the fact that Julio is a legend of the game. It really is disappointing to see that he's not able to to fully recover and get back on the field. And another name, Odell Beckham Jr. 
The fact that he's available and the fact that the Packers haven't been banging his I line. I can't play, though. Odell's like, going to get signed in, like, October or something. Yeah. I don't think he gets signed because he's not going to be in training camp. Of course, no, no doubt. But you still need to make sure that no other team has the. I, you know what I'm saying? The yeah, Packers but then you also have to pay him for a whole year, opposed to you pay him in October. Okay, teams are going to think I, of it like that. I mean, for me, I have the Packers at 11 and six this year. I do have them winning the division. Yep. I have the Vikings right there, me too. but it's just right there. It's not that I'm I have. It's not that I have a lot of question marks about the Vikings. It's just that I trust Aaron Rodgers a lot. And in previous years past, when I've picked against the Packers, they have won. <laughs> Hasn't gone well. And I just, I just, I just can't pick it one more time. I feel like I can't bet against Aaron Rodgers. So we're all on the same page. They're going to be great in the regular season. We're both out on them in terms of playoffs. I'm not completely out. Look, I think they can, they can do something in the playoffs. The NFC really? is, is weak. First year, Joel is putting his chips into Green Bay's basket. So. I mean, I don't Maybe. look. I think they definitely need to make a midseason trade or a trade for a, a, a an established wide receiver. But this defense can be a top five defense in Agreed. the league. Agreed. I mean, and that's and Aaron Rodgers when he's had that great of a defense, they have won. Last year they had a great defense. Not this good though. No, I don't disagree. It was it was a but they had rank. their guys healthy in the playoffs. It was 13th ranked. Yeah, but Jair Alexander was still dealing with the shoulder injury. Uh, there's always something, right? Yeah, it, 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 it is always Everyone's something. Everyone's going to get banged it up. Is, yeah, no, but Jair was coming back. Of course. Fresh. Yeah, I'm excited yeah, to talk course. about this next team. Yeah, let's move on to the Minnesota Vikings. Now, in years past, there have been expectations for them, and they have not lived up to it. Um, since 2017, when Case Keenum went on a miraculous run, the Vikings made the move to go sign Kirk Cousins and thought that was a move to take him over the top. To this point, only one playoff win, have missed the playoffs in multiple seasons back-to-back now. And really, it's it's can we trust the Vikings to take over the NFC North this season? Last season, they were 8-9. and nine. They had eight losses by one score. Mike Zimmer gets fired, though, and now Kevin O'Connell is a new head coach coming in, and it's going to be offense, all in on offense this year. So do you think this is the year that the Vikings do take over the NFC North? Um, No, unfortunately not. Uh, I do still have my worries about this defense. They made some really good moves this offseason trying to to definitely help out this defense that needed help after last year uh, being one of the worst defenses in the league. You add Zadarius Smith, Jordan Hicks to the front seven, that's huge. You draft Louisine um, to play alongside Harrison Smith, uh, who Harrison Smith's getting up there in age. You know, you, Harrison Smith's going to be that vet that's going to teach Lewis some things, uh, how to hold down that, that safety position. The defense definitely could be improved, but then you go and you look at the secondary. You have Pat Pete playing the cornerback and he was pretty bad last season uh, and you have Cam Dantzler who's not not that horrible but they really good. they they do lack depth at at the cornerback position and ultimately in a in a pass first league at this point in time unless you're the Ravens of course and you know you're throwing the Eagles uh, out of respect um that being said you got to have a solid secondary and Minnesota just doesn't have that as of right now and it, it does worry me uh, to go through their their record uh, their schedule really quick, I um, have them like I mentioned earlier. I have them beating Green Bay week one. I have them losing to Philadelphia week two. Week three, I have them beating Detroit week four versus New Orleans. I have them winning. Uh, week five versus Chicago, I have them winning. At Miami, I have them losing. Now they have their bye week versus Arizona. I have them losing. At Washington, I have them winning. At Buffalo, I have them losing. Versus Dallas, I have them losing. Versus New England, I have them winning. Versus Jets, I have them winning. At Detroit, this is a loss. Versus Indianapolis, this is a loss. Versus the New York Giants, I have them winning. 
at Green Bay. I have them losing. And week 18, I do have them beating Chicago at Chicago for a 9-8 and eight record. 9-8. and eight. Now, I kind of want to go next on this, Joe. Um, Minnesota. Special I love place. I love me some Minnesota Special sports. The Minnesota Vikings, the Minnesota Timberwolves who just signed Kyle Anderson. Big time signing. Need some wing depth to help my man out, Anthony the Ant-Man Edwards. The Vikings, I want to believe in them. I really do. Eight losses by one score last year. Last season should have been the season that they proved me right. 100%. But I haven't sold my entire stock on, on the Minnesota Vikings. This team can easily win the NFC North this upcoming season. Last year, 14th-ranked offense, 24th-ranked defense, though, under a guy who we view as a defensive guru in Mike Zimmer. They were 28th against the pass, though, 26th against the run. But the great thing about this team is that it's a brand-new coaching staff. Mike Zimmer took all the life out of this team the Vikings players have talked about how it's a much different environment now. Kevin O'Connell has brought life to this team. Offense coordinator Wes Phillips, defense coordinator Ed Donatel, and he's been the defense coordinator the past three years for the Denver Broncos. Now coming to Minnesota, they're going to run a 3-4 scheme, and they have the personnel to do it. You have your linebackers in Eric Hendricks, Jordan Hicks, who's very good in coverage, and you have... Good run stoppers and pass rushers. You have Zadarius Smith, who you Feast. signed, who if he stays Feast. healthy next to Daniil Hunter, that's one of the better edge rushing duos in the NFL. You sign a guy, Harrison Phillips from Buffalo, who's one of the better yeah. run stoppers in that's the NFL. For sure. You still have Dalvin Tomlinson. And then you add Albert Wilson, a wide receiver for depth on the offensive side. Irv Smith Jr. is healthy, and he's a guy who has a lot of talent but just hasn't been able to figure it, it out together, yet. yeah but these are the two things that are really holding me back from going all in on minnesota the offensive line is still a question mark they're bringing back the same guys outside of you know it's basically the same guys but you're hoping christian derisaw takes a step forward from his rookie year it is now a very good starter for you and defense it just depends on health Neil Hunter hasn't been the healthiest. They just brought in Darius Smith, who was hurt all of last year. So their defense depends a lot on health. And they did improve the secondary, but it's not something that really moves me. Agreed. Dantzler's really good. I like Dantzler. Okay. Patrick Peterson, is he at least going to be a solid corner? We'll see. And then they drafted Andrew Booth Jr., who has a lot of talent, but he's not great in press. He sags off a lot. He gets his hips turned a lot. But he is a very good and aggressive tackler. He does have the physical tools to be good. But will the NFL game be too fast for him? That's to be determined. And Lewis Seen, who they drafted in the first round out of Georgia, who's a very hard-hitting safety, very fast. He was a pivotal part in Georgia's defense last year on that national championship run. So they made improvements there. What I'll say about the Vikings, I'm pretty sure Justin Jefferson might have the most productive wide receiver season this upcoming year. Because Kevin O'Connell, coming from the Rams, is going to play him like Cooper Cup. A lot of mismatches. And Kirk Cousins, he's my guy. He's Captain Kirk. He's my dude. He's no Matty Staffy. Kirk Cousins is somebody who gets so disrespected because he's not flashy. Can he extend plays? That's not in his game. But can he run an offense effectively and do what the coaching staff tells him to do? 
100%. In Minnesota, he's had um, he's had Kevin Stefanski as an office coordinator, Gary Kubiak, then Gary Kubiak's son, Clint Kubiak. And through all these years, he's had his best seasons. 124 touchdowns, 36 interceptions, 16,387 yards, 68% completion percentage, and a 103.5 passer rating. He's he's played like a top 10 quarterback. And in Kevin O'Connell's offensive system, which is basically Sean McVay's offensive scheme, all he has to do is run the offense effectively. And that's what he's going to do. He's not going to be asked to extend or do any of that. If the offensive line can hold up, I love this team. Jettas, Thielen, Osborne, Albert Wilson is a depth guy. Irv Smith Jr. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. Alexander, Alexander Madison. Madison. Don't sleep. I know you sleep <laughs> like on Alex. This, you sleep on Alex. Minnesota has a chance to be the best team in this division, and I wouldn't be shocked. But ultimately, I think their schedule is a bit tough. You do face Green Bay, who I think, you know, I think they split. Philadelphia isn't a slouch. You have to face the Saints in week four, um, but it is a home game, so that helps. But the Saints aren't slouches, and the Saints are going to have one of the better defenses in the NFL. Miami isn't a slouch. You face Arizona week eight when DeAndre Hopkins is scheduled to come back. So that's not a slouch because now you're going up against DeAndre the Hopkins, Hollywood Cardinals. Brown. You don't. Is your secondary going to hold up? Buffalo, you face them. You face Dallas. You face Indianapolis. This isn't an easy schedule. But ultimately, I think they do have enough games in the schedule that are winnable. And I have them at 11-6, 10-7. I will say they go 11-6, and six and it's going to be a tiebreaker between the Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. Um, so I say 11-6, and six, and I have them as finishing with the same record as Green Bay. So I think it's going to be a toss-up. They can win this division. And I hope this is the year they do it because they have a really good roster. But we have to see if Kevin O'Connell can get the be most out dude. of his roster. That was a beautiful soliloquy, bro. He really Thanks. broke that team down very well. Thanks, dude. It's a good job. Thanks. Um, the one thing that kills I mean, I don't have much to add on. You talked about every position. Um, but the one thing that kills me is whenever people talk about Justin Jefferson playing the Cooper Cup role, like he just went up 100 catches, 1,600 yards, and 10 touchdowns. I think Justin Jefferson's going to have a very similar season. So, the only way he gets in even that conversation is going to have to break like 2,000 yards because Kevin O'Connell, I'm, I'm excited for him, but I don't think Jetta's role changes much, right? Like he's obviously going to Jetta's. He's my favorite receiver in the league. Um, I think he's the best wide receiver in the league too. I think after this season, most people are going to, it's going to be consensus that he's number one. Jetta, uh, Jamar's going to be right Thank there you. without a doubt. Thank you for throwing He's still going to be there and, and Cooper Cup is still probably going to get at least 1,500 yards. Yeah. Um, I have him going 10-7. and seven. Like I said, they're a game behind the Packers, so it just takes a game here or there for, for it to uh, change my mind or to go the other way. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm just taking Rodgers in the floor over Kirk Cousins and Kevin O'Connell, first-time head coach. That's really the tiebreaker for me. The Packers also just have the better team all the way around. Um, Outside so, of the receiving room and stuff. Yes, yeah, of course, um, which is obviously very important. We saw last season, every team except two had an mm-hmm. elite option of some kind. So I'm excited to see this Vikings team, what they look like. I saw Jettis say, I'm happy we're not a run-first team anymore. Dalvin Cook's still going to get 20 carries a game, so I don't know exactly yeah. what he's talking and, about. And let my boy get in the passing game, too. Yeah, which he will. Uh, of course, I mean, more than look, happy That's with a that. great point, though, because Mike Zimmer was a conservative head, head coach, and he loved to run the ball. Now switching to a pass-happy offense, this is going to help Kirk, it's going to help those weapons, and it's going to help the offensive line as well. Mm-hmm. So I think this is what needed to, this is the switch that they needed to make. 
because they've had great weapons. Yeah. So going all in on the run never made much sense, even though Dalvin is great. Phenomenal. But this is a pass-happy league. Yeah. And, and ultimately, you win in the NFL by passing the ball. And Kirk could get it done. He can. More than capable. He's a captain. We're going to have to see. We're going to have to wait and see about that. He's a captain. Captain Kirk. <laughs> Two of the best teams in the league coming up. Here we go. It's crazy because right. Kirk's the highest paid player, and I'll tell you what, I'm taking a lot of players and a lot of strong, but I'm taking players on, on his team. Oh, facts. Uh, well, Judd is on a rookie contract. I'm taking a few guys over. Dalvin's a running back. I mean, Dalvin, give me Dalvin. I'm not taking Dalvin over Kirk Cousins. I would. I'm not taking a running back over a quarterback. Dalvin's Especially a, a top guy. 15 quarterback. And we're talking about a top crazy. five running back. Yeah, that doesn't change. Nothing. Arguably top four. We just saw, we just saw the Colts. Three, we just saw the, arguably. We just saw the Colts have a top of running back and missed the playoffs because they didn't have the quarterback. With the stacked roster. Yeah, they, they, right? Minnesota has the quarterback, missed the playoffs too. So the horrible defense. If you have a if you have an average defense and a, and a top 15 quarterback, you're not missing the playoffs. You're not. The Vikings were bottom 20 defense. defense well, I mean, I don't know. It's... Let's just go to the next topic. What would you rather? Dalvin Cook or Kirk That's Cousins? such a weird question. It is super weird. It's I'm just saying in terms of who is a better football player, well, I don't know. It's I a feel quarterback like, and a running back. I know, back. I know. But like things. Kirk and, and and I guess I understand what you're saying. The value of a quarterback still, is just like uh, super of course, running back. Of course, How much does Dalvin get paid a year? Not that much. Uh, yeah, I think 12. 12? I was going to say it can, it's not more than like 15. Kirk's getting what, 30? We just had an extension. Five years, actually. sixty-three million. He's getting twelve point six a year. That's a steal. That's valid. He's so good. He's so yeah, good. I mean, Kirk Cousins, like, I'm not. I could find a running back. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll of course, I get it. Yeah, it's easy. Just yeah. start Alexander. Madison. I was gonna say because you said in all aspects, and I th- I thought about it. Like, you know, maybe the running back uh, cl- uh, group of the Packers, maybe you'd take over them because AJ Dillon has like a defined role in their offense. But then you remember, oh, wow, Alexander Madison, almost every single time he plays, it seems as if he has 100 yards. Yeah. So, I mean, it maybe it's a little bit more no, of a I think Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon clear that duo. Clear is 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 insane, given the fact that I don't think it's Dalvin is— I don't think it's insane either. Dalvin is definitely better than Jones and Dillon, for AJ, sure. AJ Dillon clears Alexander Madison. For sure. No doubt about that. But There's a size Alex, gap. Alexander Madison is definitely not a bum. Any, nowhere near the word bum. He borders. He's more close to really good as opposed to being sorry. Alexander Madison's like that. He's a backup. On to the last two teams. It's going to be the Bears and the Lions. We'll start with the Bears. So the Bears finished six and eleven this past season. And fun fact: the Bears have an under of six and a half wins this year, and it is the six most smash, yes, smash Holy it. Shit. But li- listen, listen, listen to this. It is the most lopsided win total bet at. Caesar Sports this offseason. Over 95% of bets are on the under. Yo, six and a half is crazy. So everybody is betting against the Chicago Bears. So the, 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 the topic for this, for the Bears season is, will the Bears be better than we think? Or are or are we following the 95% at Caesar Sports? I'll tell you what. It doesn't I, make me feel good. I Fair enough. That 95% right. of people say the under? I get it. But you know what? Sometimes you really just can't run away from what your eyes are telling you, right? In my notes, you asked me, will the Bears be better than we think? My first three lines, hell no, all caps, exclamation point, these brothers are horrible, <laughs> and three, I feel for my guy Justin Fields. Because I really do. I like Justin Fields. I think that he has the intangibles, and I look at his game, and I think that he has some things that you can work with 
if you want him to be your franchise guy. He showed flashes last season of that being true against Pittsburgh, relatively against Green Bay, even though, yes, to Joel's point, it was two passes that showed the stat line being a little bit better than what it actually was. But regardless of that, he showed moments that he could be really good in this league. Um, But what did they do to really help him out on the offensive side of the ball? Not much at all. The offensive line did not improve that much at the wide receiver position. It's Darnell Mooney and who? Could you tell me, right? Because Pringle Milos just got arrested. Jones, I, could, I could name their entire wide receiver. Uh, wow, Pringle just got arrested? He, I, I think he a, got in it was trouble. Like a couple months ago. Uh-huh. Um, but, and with the run game, David Montgomery is one of the better running backs in the league. Not among like the top 10, but he is definitely on the higher end at the, wire, at the running back position for sure. But defensively, this defense is not good. It's scary. It's really not that good. Um, you have Robert Quinn, Rokon Smith. That's about it. Secondary. Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson is in the secondary. Eddie Jackson. Um, and these, Jalen Johnson was underwhelming last season. Uh, Eddie Jackson, for sure, he's one of the guys that you have to respect. He is the guy you have to respect in that secondary. But I look at this team overall, and it does not make me feel good whatsoever. I'm really down on them to the point that I do, in fact, have them under six wins. And I have Way them under. under five wins. I have them under four wins. I have them under three wins. I have them winning two games. Uh, and I'll read you the games that I have them winning. Forget about the losses. Let's just go through the schedule. Let's all, all of us? Yeah, you know what I like? Pick. Did I just hit it right on the nail for all of us? Or No, I, I just want to see because this is something I would like to post on TikTok and let's see uh, oh, Bears where fans, the Bears Bears finish. fans are very emphatic. Because I've said it before. I've said it. I think the Bears are the worst roster in the NFL. I agree. I had them ranked 32 in my power, power rankings, and Bears fans went crazy. But let's go through the schedule. So I'm glad it's not just me, because Bears fans, I'm the Justin Fields truther. All they do is shit on me. I mean, so, I'm going to be honest. What is there really to praise? Nothing. Darna Mooney. David Montgomery. David Montgomery. And 50% Justin Fields. And I say 50% because he's still young. Yeah. This is the Chicago Bears schedules up this upcoming season. So let's give our predictions. Week one versus San Fran. Loss. 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 You keep track of 0-1, stuff like that. Okay. Okay. Uh, Green Bay Packers, week two. Loss. Loss. Week three versus the Houston Texans. Are you have them losing, I'm assuming? Win. Yeah, of course, say. against okay. Green Bay. Yeah, of course. Uh, Houston, you have them winning. Really? I have them losing. They need to win somewhere. I think they I do have them winning. I think they beat Houston week three. Houston's a little bit a little bit yeah, better. I agree. Week four at the Giants. Loss. Loss. Loss as well. Week five at Minnesota. Loss. Loss as well. Week six versus Washington. Loss. Loss as well. Week seven at New England. Loss. I think that's a loss as well. Week eight loss. at Dallas. Loss. 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 Week nine versus Miami. Loss. Loss. Week 10 versus Detroit. Win. I have them winning here. I think this is a win as well. Week 11 at Atlanta. I have win. them winning here. I think it's a win as well. Week 12 at the Jets. Loss. Loss as well. Week 13 versus Green Bay. Loss. Loss. Now, week 14, what is their record? Um, this is their bye week. You have them. You have two wins. You have two wins. I have three wins. I apologize. Yeah, I have three. I have I have um Correct. versus Houston. Correct. I have versus Houston versus Detroit. And at Atlanta. Correct. So three. You have three. You have three. I have two. Week 14 by is so brutal, too. It for is, a team yeah. like, like yeah. this that is going to get off to they a don't have star, a break. young quarterback. Week 15 versus Philadelphia. Loss. Loss. Week 16 versus Buffalo. Loss. Loss. Week 17 at Detroit. Loss. This is a loss. And week 18 versus Minnesota. Loss. That's a loss as well. So for me, I have them finishing three and 14. Me too. I have them two and 15. It's sad, man, because I was very high on Justin Fields coming out, and Chicago has failed him up to this point. I mean, 
they obviously trade away the first round pick this year to trade up last year to get Justin Fields and their only addition in the draft was getting Vilas Jones, who is a 25 year old rookie, six years in college. It wasn't until his sixth year, sixth year, they put up more than 300 receiving yards. If you go on his pro football reference page in college, kick and punt returns come up before receiving yards. Hopefully, Vilas Jones works out. Bears fans are very high on him. He's fast. But you yeah. have Darnell Mooney, Vilas Jones, Equinemius St. Brown, Byron Pringle, Cole Komet, David Montgomery. But you look at this like they have the worst wide receiver core in the NFL. Mooney, Vilas Jones, Byron Pringle. Cole Komet is a bottom 20 tight end. They finished with the 22nd ranked offensive line, and they lost James Daniels and Jason line, Peters, who started 15 or 16 games, I believe. So now their new offensive line is Tevin Jenkins, a second-year player who was underwhelming in his rookie year, Cody Whitehair, Lucas Patrick, Dakota Dozier, who was the worst offensive lineman on the Vikings last year, and Larry Borum, who was a six-round pick last year. So this offensive line could be a bottom 25 offensive line. They were 22nd ranked this, this past season. And they have a bottom 25 defensive line. Robert Quinn is the only notable name on that defensive line. Everybody else Agreed. is underwhelming. No doubt. And they did go all in on secondary in the draft by drafting Kyler Gordon out of Washington and Jaquan Brisker. I'm excited for that. But really, their secondary is still not going to be good. So really, their season depends on how big of leap will Justin how Fields great take. Is Justin? I don't I don't know if it's a hot take. I think Justin Fields on a different team next year. Ooh. You have him going two and fourteen. We're having him going three and fourteen. That's probably the number one overall pick. So you think they draft Bryce Young and they don't I, I they think have so many other needs to address. You know, I think this happens. I think the Bears are absolutely abysmal this year. They potentially do get the number one pick. Trade it. Since it's Bryce Young that everybody wants, they trade back. They get assets and they still build You also have Justin to remember Fields. this is a different GM and head coach who dra- that drafted Justin Fields. Just, oh, you're it's, right. it's a different front office. So it's not like they pick Justin Fields. They're going to say they're high on him because they have to. But I think you get the number one pick. They have a chance to get their guy. Plus, you reset the quarterback so it's not two years in. Now he's year one rookie deal. I think they do it. But I feel like they have too many needs to just feel like the quarterback is the fix for them. But the thing is, Justin Fields is going to struggle this year. He's going to struggle. He'll show moments. He'll have a couple good games, but he's going to struggle. And then Bears fans are going to hear it from the media. Are you going to have two years of a struggling quarterback when you have a chance to get Bryce Young, who everyone's going to hype up coming out of Alabama or whoever else ends up coming out? Definitely a way better prospect out of out of. of I mean, Justin Fields was a great prospect as well. Not Bryce Young though. Probably now we have to see Bryce Young has Bryce to finish it this year. Bryce Young off um, platform. Bryce Young's him. He is, but he's him. Go look at Justin Fields uh, at Ohio not, State. Not disagreeing. Please, let's, not let's, that let's not, I mean, not, I wasn't that high on Justin. Fields. I know Justin Fields was a great prospect coming out. Um, but I think they're going to see two years of Justin Fields struggling and be able to move off him. Probably get a second round pick, maybe second and a third in return. Sam Darnold got a second round pick, so you probably get something for yeah. him. And then take Bryce Young number one, and now your rebuild has started. They'll probably go out get a receiver, some old lineman, and now you start the rebuild. But, but why unfortunately, not, Justin Fields is kind of. Screwed. But why not trade back out of that Bryce Young pick and then go draft Jackson? Uh, I, you know, you know, what I'm talking about Ohio State receiver. Oh, JSN. Yeah. Um, because you're gonna have two years of Justin Fields struggling. So would you rather have the chance to get the number one overall pick who you're going to see Justin Fields be on the field and, and really struggle for two straight seasons? You have a chance to get a new quarterback, give your fan base new hope. It's a new head coach and GM who's picking their guy. They're all in on one guy. Yeah. I don't disagree. I think it's a fine move, but I just think it's not going to be realistic. But They'd I, rather trade Justin Fields. From the Bears fans that have commented on the stuff that I've put out, 
very, you know, very hurtful stuff that they've said. Me too. But they have said that. Stay away from that. Bears fans have said that this year they already know they're going to be garbage. It's next year when they have a boatload of cap space that they can make moves to sign players to surround fields with. So that's why I think that they trade out of that pick. They get multiple firsts and assets. They draft the receiver. They sign defensive players. They sign offensive linemen. And then the third year is really when, you know, you evaluate Justin Fields thoroughly. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, they're going to struggle for sure this year, though. They're going to struggle. They're not looking forward to to talking about Bears during the season. Not at all. We don't really a have lot to. Of negative I don't stuff. know. Are we going to talk about them? I'm excited to watch Justin Fields. If they're we surprised, talk, right? I'm excited for Justin Fields and starting out yeah, Mooney. Like, like, they had a real David connection Montgomery's last my year. Guy. I know. And Mooney's my guy. Yeah. Hey, listen. I'm a Mooney guy, too. Yeah, facts. And they had a connection last year. I'm fake. It's a shame. I love that trio. Yeah. Those three guys, I do. It's I just, do. It's dog shit outside I do rock of it. with them. It's not it. If you're on the Bears. But sorry. On to the last team in the NFC North. The Detroit Lions. Now, last year, they were 3-13-1. We know they're talented. They had one of the better drafts of any NFL team, drafting Aiden Hutchinson, then trading up to go get Jamison Williams, two guys who people expect to be cornerstone of their franchises for years to come. Now, they're talented. We know that. But will it lead to wins this year? Last year, they weren't the most talented, but they were in a lot of games. You know, I said... They are the best, worst team that I've ever seen. And I said that because they lost six games by one score last year against San Fran, the Ravens, the Vikings, the Browns, the Bears, and the Falcons. They added DJ Chark, Mike Hughes, Deshaun Elliott, Jamison Williams, Aiden Hutchinson, Aiden Hutchinson, and they have the 13th ranked offensive line. I'm kind of high on the lines this year. This guy gets it. You know, this I'm, guy I'm not it. high in the in the aspect that they're going to make the playoffs, but they're going to be an exciting young team to watch. Hundred percent. You know, I wish they would have drafted a quarterback in the draft just to, you know, yeah. hopefully, you know, just have just like a swing pick. But you look at their offense: DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, Jamison Williams, DJ Chark. The speed of those two guys on the outside is crazy. Amon Ross, St. Brown, one of the better slots soon to be. T.J. Hawkinson. Hopefully he's healthy. The, the the defense we know is not that good. You know, Aiden Hutchinson hopefully gives him that edge rushing presence. For sure. But the defense is not going to be so good. Prayers really, for a Jeff Okuda breakout. Prayers. Exactly. I'm just hoping the secondary is improved because they did bring in Mike Hughes, who was good for Kansas City uh, this past season. Um, Jeff Okuda, is he going to be good? Like that, Prayers. really? Is he going to be who good? The hell knows. Prayers. Because if he's good, that changes a lot of things defensively for Detroit. But I like Dan Campbell. I like their coaching staff. I think they can surprise some teams. For me, I have them going 5 and 12 or 6 and 11. I have them around that area. All right. I don't think they have like this significant, you know, crazy uptrend. I don't know if that's high on Detroit. That's not. But I don't think that's it is. High it is. I mean, what do you mean? They're doubling their win total. Because I'll tell you what. I'm Joel made me feel like I'm high on them by oh, having seven, seven wins. Going seven I have ten. them winning seven games. You telling me six games, which seven I, seven I knew, seems I knew, okay. You're high. I knew they were in a lot of close games, but I wasn't sure. I actually was looking yeah. that up while you were speaking. When you told me that they were they lost six games by one score, it gave me that extra confidence to give them this extra win. Now you said a lot of the things that I believe as well. This offense got a little bit more exciting. You add. 
you add um, Jameson Williams to this wide receiver court, DJ Chark to this wide receiver court, to pair with Amon Ra, who was absolutely outstanding in the second half of the season. Yeah. Defensively is where you worry. The secondary is not is not good by any means. You really have to bank on Jeff Okuda breaking out in his third year now in the NFL. I, I really am hopeful. It's been unfortunate his story up until this point. He just can't stay on the field. But he's feeling good. He says that he's healthy. Hopefully it translates in his play. And and Aiden Hutchinson getting drafted with the number two pick overall, like you mentioned, hopefully he really has a presence on that outside that makes offensive lines uncomfortable and rattles the quarterback because then it can take a little bit of pressure off of that secondary. But I'm not going to bank on a, a rookie coming in and making that immediate impact. I don't see him as a Nick Bosa type prospect coming in where he's immediately changing defenses, uh, cha- yeah, changing defenses and really harming the offense. But overall, I do have confidence in the Detroit Lions. DeAndre Swift is one of the most exciting young backs in the NFL. I look for him to have a huge season both in the run and the passing game this year. Uh, and the fact that Jamal Williams is his backup is is huge because Jamal Williams is one of the better backups in the NFL as well. I already mentioned the wide receiver core where last season we were talking about it being one of the more underwhelming wide receiver cores, one of the worst wide receiver cores. And now it's one of the more young, exciting wide receiver cores in the NFL with Amon Ra, DJ Shark, and Jameson Williams. Yep. TJ Hawkinson, the top 10 tight end at the absolute worst and you mentioned it a top 13 uh a top 13 offensive line last season i'm looking for it to be among one of the best offensive lines this season now they have a couple uh, another year of experience together it all is going to come down to whether jared goff can just be slightly above average if he can be average slightly above average they can win seven games for sure. Uh, I'm going to go through the schedule really quick. Uh, week one versus Philadelphia, I have them losing. Versus Washington, I have them winning. At Minnesota, I have them losing. Versus Seattle, I have them winning. At New England, I have them winning. By week. At Dallas, a loss. Versus Miami, a loss. Versus Green Bay, a loss. At Chicago, a loss. At New York, I contemplated Detroit beating them twice. I did. Chicago? It, yes. I, I had. I really did contemplate. But I couldn't do it. I feel like we need to give Chicago a game. And if they were 1-16, that would have been absolutely insane. Uh, not that it's crazy, though. Uh, at the Giants, I have them losing. This one I was torn between. I really, really teetered with that squads. one. I needed to give the... I feel like I've been giving the Giants losses every single As time. Uh, unfortunately. Um, versus Buffalo, loss. Versus Jacksonville, W. Versus Minnesota, W. Uh, at the New York Jets... I gave them a loss because I needed to give the Jets a win when we did our earlier se- uh, earlier rankings in. It's in New York. Jets are a new team. Who knows what can happen? Um, at Carolina, I have them winning. Versus Chicago, I have them winning. At Green Bay, Week 18, I have them losing for a 7-10 record. 7-10, and 10, that seems high to me. I have them 5-12. and 12. Six, six games six last games? year with, yes. a, with one of the worst defense in the league. Bottom mm-hmm. two in terms of yards. Bottom four in terms of points. Like I think other way around, actually. I apologize. Were, and bottom the five. fact that they were still... In, in six games within one score, maybe maybe it changes this year with a little bit of a different team. I don't disagree. I think the Lions are going to be competitive for sure. You know, they have a team that might not be as talented, especially defensively, but they obviously play with a shit ton of heart. Like, they take the persona of their head coach. Dan Campbell came, first press conference, said we're going to be biting people's kneecaps off or whatever the hell he said. And the he's Lions took that and ran with it. He's a legend. They're going to be a fun team. Like DeAndre Swift is one of my favorite running backs. He's one of the best dual threat running backs in the NFL. For sure. I am a bit worried about their receiving core because I don't think Jamison's going to be ready for week one. Yep, And sure. I think it's going to be difficult for him to come in weeks four or five right into the NFL as a rookie. 
He was obviously insane at Alabama. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I think that might be a bit difficult because then after that, you're looking at DJ Chark and Amon Ross St. Brown, which is not great. Like they've had good seasons in the past. Amon Ross DJ Chark. DJ Chark had a thousand yards in Jacksonville one year. Amon Ross had a great rookie season, but he did that a lot without TJ Hawkinson on the field, without DeAndre Swift on the field. When they were both on the field, Amon Ross. It's a chicken or the egg. Was it? Did it take Amon Ra to the second half of the season where he got accustomed to the offense in the NFL to break out? Or is it because he just had much more opportunity because their two best offensive options weren't on the field? Their front seven still needs a ton of work, I think. Aiden Hutchinson is a huge upgrade, don't get me wrong. But we saw last year with Pittsburgh, TJ Watt was the best or second best defensive player in the league last year. And the Pits- Pittsburgh still had... They the made worst. the playoffs. I, no, I know. I'm saying defensively, they had the worst rush defense in the NFL. So just because you add an elite edge rusher doesn't always Agreed. translate to having a great front seven or a great defense in general. The corners are unproven, as you mentioned. Jeff Okuda, I'm hopeful. But at this point, I can't bank on him being anything. Like, Is he a starter? Is he just a, a depth guy? Can he even stay on the field? So I'm hopeful he could stay healthy to see what he could really pan out to be that top five pick that they took on him a couple of years ago. And they, they did upgrade safety. They have Tracy Walker signed uh, Deshaun Elliott from the Ravens as well. So uh, I think in total, I have them going five and 12. I think they'll be a competitive team. I think they'll be a fun team. I think they're a lot better than Chicago Bears. Um, and I'm excited for them next season to, you know, probably get a quarterback in the draft in a, a class that is a lot more talented than this past season and just build on this foundation that they have a great offensive line, good running back. Jamison Williams could be a wide receiver one. So I think for Bears fans, you should be excited for the future. You're probably you're a year away Lions from being fans. sorry, Lions fans. You're a year away from being a year away. Uh, I really just want to take this time to highlight how great Amon Ra was. Um, from week 13 on, and then we can end the show, no, no doubt. Um, 12 targets in week 13 against Minnesota, uh, 10 receptions, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, next week versus Denver, who Denver has a very good secondary, especially last season. Um, 12 targets, 8 receptions, 73 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, the week after that, Arizona, 11 targets, 8 receptions, 90 yards, a touchdown. Uh, against Atlanta, 11, 11 targets, 9 receptions, 91 yards, a touchdown. Um, week after that, at Seattle. Uh, 11 or 11 targets, eight receptions, 111 yards, a touchdown. Uh, and week 18 versus Green Bay, 10 targets, eight receptions, 109 yards, and a touchdown. Amon Raw was insane to was. end the season. Yeah, DeAndre yeah. Swift was out weeks 13 to 16, and Hawkinson was out. Give me one second. Amon Raw also had a rushing touchdown week 17. Yeah, Amon Raw is a very, very good player. Hawkinson was out from week 14 on. So that's like, I do think Amon Raw is good. Um, I just think it came from an uptick in targets and volume more and, than anything. And you know what? Fair enough. I'll level with you. But now that we just saw what Amon Ross capable of and how efficient he was able to be, I believe at least, especially given the fact that wide receiver is so much more essential, um, he is going to have a significant amount of looks that this season. Yeah. Lock that. Okay. Lock it. I mean, dude, Amon Raw was unbelievable league winners in fantasy football for a lot of people and also and forget about just fantasy he is going to see good. volume yeah no he's good and also the Lions playbook really opened up when um anthony lynn was demoted as oc so now that he's not there anymore it definitely makes their offense much better so i think amon rock can have a big time year dj chark can have a big time year jameson williams when he comes back it's all depending this on, offense is really good you know jared, jared goff there it is has has a chance to you know have an okay season. i don't know if i'm ready to say this offense is really good they have some fun weapons they're they're they fun exciting weapons. yes very yeah, well yeah. said yeah. very well said to recap our predictions these are our nfc north predictions for the 2022 nfl season i have the packers finishing at 12 and 5 
the Vikings at 11 and 6, the Lions at 6 and 11, and the Bears at 3 and 14. I have the Packers win the division at 11 and 6, the Vikings one game behind them at 10 and 7, the Lions at 5 and 12, and the Bears at 3 and 14. So for my final rankings, I have the Packers going 12 and 5, Minnesota Vikings going 9 and 8, the Lions 7 and 10, and lastly coming in dead last and might be the worst team in the NFL, Chicago Bears 2 and 15. And fun fact, just another another, you know, to throw this out throw this out there again on Caesar Sports 95% of the bets are on the under for the Chicago Bears. So most of the world is low on the Bears. We'll see what happens. But the, the Vikings world. do have a chance to win a division. They do. they do. They do. I hope they do, but I can't bet against Aaron Rodgers. I got I to go with Green Bay. Fair so enough. Still again. It took three years, but you finally learned your lesson. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, you know, before we end off the show, because I know I'm, next basketball episode, I'm definitely going to give this take again. Um so don't spoil it. No, no, no. no don't I, spoil I need it. to say this now. It's it's in a I football need, jersey. I, yes, Are I need sure? to say. I need to say this now. You know, Jalen Brunson is about to get a four-year, one hundred ten million dollar deal from the New York Knicks, and everybody's talking about, oh, it's an overpay. Jalen Brunson's not a top fifteen point guard. Oh, he's barely cracking the top twenty. Maybe some of you don't even have him in the top twenty. Well, get this. That's not an indictment on Jalen Brunson. That just goes to show how stacked the point guard and guard position in the NBA truly is. Some NBA players have spoken out about Jalen Brunson because everybody's talking about how much of an overpay this is. Mikel Bridges, y'all must not know how cold JB really is, LOL. He's not talking about Jalen Brown. He's talking about Jalen Brunson. Desmond Bain commented, bro got game. John Morant said, game. Jalen Brunson finished in the 90th percentile in finishing amongst point guards. He's one of the best finishers in the NBA. And without Luka this past season, in 17 games, he averaged 20 points and and 7.5 assists per game. It might be a slight overpay, but guess what? As a Knicks fan last year, I watched Alec Burks be my point guard. Alec Burks. He's not bad. He's not bad, but it's Alec Burks. And I would love for him to be on Lakers. You would love a lot of players to be on the Lakers. Shut up. Respectfully. Campbell Walker was my point guard. Alec Burks was my point guard. And Emmanuel Quickly. Emmanuel Quickly, but you know, it was mostly Alec Burks and Kemba because Tom Thibodeau didn't want to start IQ. Don't disagree. So in the past two years, I've had Alfred Payne be my point guard. And then Alec Burks. In the past 20 years, the Knicks have had no good point guard. Yes, I'm happy about Jalen Brunson. Now, does, does this make us contenders and playoff locks in the East? No. But does Jalen Brunson make us better? Yes. Do I think that's the only move we make? No. Jalen Brunson in the playoffs in the three games without Luka versus the Jazz scored, he averaged 32 points per game, five rebounds, and five assists. And he had a 41-point game and a 31-point game. People are going to say, oh, but it's against the Utah Jazz's defense. They're not good. They can't guard anybody. There were only three players this past season who had 40-point games against the Jazz. In 82 games, that was Devin Booker, De'Aaron Fox, and DeMontis Sabonis. So for everybody knocking Jalen Brunson, oh, it's easy to score 41 on the Jazz. They're so bad. Only three players did it all season. They had a top-10 defense in the regular season. So it's not as easy as everybody likes to make it sound. Now, Jalen Brunson is going to be getting paid as like the 14th highest-paid point guard He's, to me, is like the 18th, 19th best point guard in the league. 
And in a couple of years, when these younger point guards get their contracts, he's going to fall back right down to where I think he ranks. So is this a slight overpay? Yes. But this is a necessary move to get better. I love Jalen Brunson, and I know he's going to thrive in New York. And I had to get that off my chest because the <laughs> Jalen Brunson slander is out of control. It's out of control. I feel like people aren't really going crazy on Jalen Brunson as opposed to the fact that they're just not, as credit to our dear friend River Brown would say, it's not moving much of the needle for the Knicks at all in terms of really making a push towards being a solid competitive team. It's this that, does make us truth. a competitive team. Are you guys a top five seed in the East? Hell no. The are Hawks you, aren't a top five seed in the East after trading three first round picks for Dejounte Murray. That had nothing to do with what I was saying. I'm asking with Jalen Brunson, does this make you guys a top six team in the in the Eastern Conference? The Dejounte Murray trade doesn't make the Hawks that either. But I'm not talking not? about the Hawks. the Hawks. You're I'm not so talking about the Hawks, but I'm saying that even though it doesn't make us that, it makes us better. And the goal in the NBA is to get better. I don't disagree. And we got better. I don't disagree. With this move. I, and Jalen Brunson is him. He's him. Okay, all right. He's him. All right, there we go. That's a proclamation. Now, okay, before we end the show off for real, though, let's just briefly go through like these moves that were made. Um, Why are we doing this uh, on the football <laughs> show? Just to update the audience on what's happening. All right, all right. Yeah. Hey, let's so, Lonnie Walker... Um, Hold up. Let me go in order. Here. Right. So, yeah, that's a come Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic agreed to a five-year, two hundred sixty-four million supermax contract with the Nuggets. Super awesome. Devin Booker also agreed to a supermax with the Suns, two hundred fourteen million over four years. Good. Malik Monk to the Kings. Trader. DeAndre Jordan to the Nuggets. Isaiah Hartenstein to the Knicks. Steal. Vic- yeah, of course. Victor Oladipo to the Miami Heat. Uh, Bradley Beal re-signing with the uh, Wizards. Um, Nicholas Batum re-signing with the Clippers. P.J. Tucker to the Sixers. Bastard. Um, then you have Anthony Simons re-signing with the Blazers. Come up. You have Bobby Portis returning to the Bucks on a four-year, $49 See, really million quick, deal. Anthony Simons, a great deal. Four, four years, $100 million, That's an amazing deal. For that upside, I would do that 10 times out of 10. No disrespect. That's not slight at, at Jalen Brunson. Getting 10 no more. It, and I would rather Anthony Simons. Is, it a, is there a gap? There's not a gap. There's not a huge gap. And Jalen Brunson is proven in the playoffs, too. But also, at the same time, the Blazers are just not a good team. But I will say, Anthony Simons is like that. Anthony, He's look, very good I've, at basketball. I've said it before. Really good score and can facilitate also. I've said it before. Anthony Simons is a superstar in the making. I love Anthony For Simons' sure, game. He is but then very, again, very his best season came when everybody on Portland was injured and they were a bottom dweller. And his stats were literally on par with Brunson, who had a share of the court with Luka and was playing on a contender. So he was playing meaning, meaning, meaningful basketball. Daniel House to the Sixers, um, which is, I think, a good move. Mo Bamba re-signing with the Magic. Tyus Jones returning to Memphis. Joe Ingles to the Bucks. Wesley Matthews re-signing with the Bucks. Amir Coffey re-signing with the Clippers. Javon Carter going back to Milwaukee. Shout out to you, Javon. Damian Jones. Two-year deal with the Lakers. Chris Boucher returning to the Raptors. Would have liked him. Lou Dort, five-year deal with the OKC Thunder. Um, Dwayne Dedman. For how much? 87, I think. 87, yeah. Good deal. At 87. Good deal. Um, Dwayne Dedman re-signing with the Heat. Thaddeus Young re-signing with the Raptors. Um, Then again, then you have... Would have loved. (laughs) Then you have Marvin Bagley returning to Detroit. Patty Mills returning to Brooklyn. Jay Sean Tate, three-year deal with the Rockets. 
Um, then you have Jalen Brunson, of course, with the Knicks. Lonnie Walker to the Lakers. Troy Brown to the Lakers. Nick Claxton returning to the Nets. Uh, James Harden and Sixers meeting on the weekend to negotiate his new deal. Um, Fontes Kano Anderson to the Lakers. JaVale McGee to the Mavericks, which I think is a great move. Kevin Knox to Detroit. Kyle Anderson to Minnesota. Gary Harris returning to Orlando. That hurts. Would have liked Gary. DeLon Wright signing with the Wizards. So now the Wizards... So now the Wizards have Bradley Beal, Monte Morris, Will Barton, and DeLon Wright. Got and that shooters. was that was all that really that that's all that happened today. Nelly Gallinari, gonna be yeah. a Celtic manifest. So next ba- next like show that. is gonna be basketball pod. Of course, we're gonna recap all these offseason moves and stuff. Sir. So thank you guys for listening and or watching to episode episode one hundred ninety one of the Pixar Podcast. Yep. Take we're a, getting closer to uh, shout out to Muffins again. Yo, shout, shout out to Muffins, Muffins. that's yeah, fact. Shout out to our boy Nick Dawson. Yes, sir. Uh Take a look at the the pickasidepodcast.com website. Check out if you want to buy some merch. Mm-hmm. We got hoodies. We got tees. If you guys are interested, yep. give it a look. Let us know what you think. Uh, if you think that we should have something that we don't necessarily have, let us know also, all right? We're yep. always appreciative of feedback. So thank you guys for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at Pod on Instagram and TikTok at Podcast. And we'll see you next time.